Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Upon Further Review. <laughs> this week, we are talking about the Disney animation classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I am Noah Kinsey. Jonesy. And we have a special guest. Who do we got on the show? My name is Aaron Nakaishi. Should I say my name? Yeah, Nakaishi. say your last name. Aaron Nakaishi. Very nice. cool. My active friend and Playhouse West alum, Playhouse if you West. will. Shout <laughs> nice out. Nice little shout out. Plug. Little plug. Thank little you. plug. Very cool. So thanks for being on the show. It's really Yo, exciting. My, thank you for having me. That's, I'm so stoked. I apologize. It's hot as balls in this garage. We're all just going to lose weight during this podcast. It's all good. It's no, all good. That's, that's why I wore my garbage bag suit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to get in the sauna today before we do this podcast. <laughs> so I might as well shed some few pounds. We're going to be talk. We're going to schwitz. <laughs> you know, the huge. <laughs> so very cool. So let's just, how about we just jump into it? We're talking we're about jumping into Snow White right now, are, like we, those seven dwarves did. We're going to go balls deep in Snow White right this right, second. All right. Game well, on. some of us. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not always, you know, yeah, everyone's exactly. flavor. No. flavor. What Charming. did we think? Uh, you know what? I didn't see that movie for like the last 15 years. I think the oh, yeah. last I time seen I've actually seen it, my, my youngest sister, I think it was like nine years old or some shit like that. I was like 15. That was the last time I saw that show mm-hmm. or this, this movie. And then I watched it yesterday, me and my wife. And you know what, man? I laughed so much. At all the little details that were going on, all the little um, quips and jokes and gags that were happening throughout the entire thing to really kind of get the sense of the world. And you know what, man? One, it's a dark fucking movie. Super. Yes, I was. It is a very dark fucking (laughs) movie. But I enjoyed the hell out of it personally. Mm. I really had a had a new love, and especially when you get into the history that we probably will down down the line of this podcast. When you get into the history of this thing, fuck, man, that. At, at, at its time was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I loved it, dude. Pretty groundbreaking. I, really I don't know if I'd watch it again for another 15 years. <laughs> yeah. But I really, I can appreciate the 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 craftsmanship that went into making it. Yeah. A few, minutes, a few minutes into it, I had to sort of, st- I paused it and um, I had to just sit, tell myself, just watch it for what it is. Yeah. Like stop judging it based on everything that I've seen now. Right. You know? Uh-huh. And, um, you can't. You really can't. Yeah. And it's funny because I wanted to be prepared because I had no idea what this was going to be like. So I, you know, went online and Wikipedia and I studied the whole thing. I didn't realize that Snow White really was sort of the groundbreaking moment of like drawing human movement. Uh-huh. You know? Um, I didn't... And so... And so then I watched, went back and just watched a couple of the her scenes and it was just like, yeah, it's crazy how... Um, you just kind of take it for granted that stuff looks real yeah. now. Right. But that at that time, it was really hard to mimic that or to draw that. But you know what's crazy for me? Like, I watched it. I, my, my frame's at like 60 hertz or, you know, 120 hertz or whatever. So it's like very, oh, okay. very crisp in movement. Like, I was watching the animation. Holy crap. 
like yeah. the yeah. way that they animated that stuff, very fluid, not yeah. not jagged, not like I don't know, man. For its time, I was like, "Holy crap! This yeah. is really, really magnificent." Well, I, and I wonder if, if, like, you know, right now we're talking about Snow White, and I wonder if the average person who's listening understands how old that movie is. Like, you know what I mean? Nineteen thirty-seven. Like, you know, right? And that something that looks that good, you know what I mean, is that old when well, at that time, you know? Oh, hundred percent. And even what what struck me, and I wrote it down. I think this animation's better than a lot of '80s cartoon animation. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's yes. like yeah. you know, fifty years. But later. those are sweatshop cartoons, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. honestly, you know those I mean? like, those were those cartoons like the Transformers from the '80s mm-hmm. was made to sell toys. Right. It, they yeah. had the toy and like, right. let's turn out. Same thing with He Man. Same thing with the first couple seasons of Thundercats. I watched a couple of those, and you can just, it's like, there's times where it's just like skips where they're like, uh, let's, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we have too many frames or too many, you know what I mean? And you're just like, how did his arm Yeah, they cut the corners so much on those. And it's like, man, just seeing the difference, because you think that with kind of like how whenever technology comes out, it makes it cheaper moving Mm -hmm. forward right like you'd think they'd be able to do that 50 years ago quality animation a lot cheaper they didn't have walt disney behind them whipping them you know what i mean they're like ha ha animate motherfuckers yeah so i thought that was crazy i'm like this looks better than a lot of cartoons that i grew up with but to dovetail though i i was really i you know it's funny i'm glad you guys did that because i wrote notes too good and i'm like ooh, i hope i'm not gonna be the weird nerd but oops well i mean for different reasons well that's that notebook says it all i'm just saying oh i bought it at ikea um (laughs) i was surprised at how dark it was oh yeah. like there's a couple spots in it you know, which I'm sure we'll get to, but there's a couple spots in it that it's you like, mean like skeletons the in this. Heart? Yeah, and just she's like, put the hat in the box. I was like, oh shit, yeah, she's now no yeah. joke. What's she gonna do? Eat it? She gonna eat that thing? Probably. It's, that's how you stay young, Gary. That's what I heard. It's just science. I'm oh. just saying she's a witch. Yeah, and that was crazy with the skeleton in the dungeon. I'm like, yes, that's someone actually really starved and died. You're tra- the one where she kicks the thing. It's yeah, like, oh, someone thirsty. Uh, yeah, it yeah. Was yeah. So that's yeah dark. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's really as he's reaching for it as yeah. he dies. That yeah. was his last moment in life right. is yeah. to try and get a little bit of water that was just out of reach. Well, I'm kinda, that's fucked up. Yeah, I'm, I'm kinda, that's crazy. I'm kind of curious though because. Looking at the history of how this thing got made, there was a handful of scenes when they were developing the storyline that um, the prince was to rescue Snow White from the queen, and the queen was supposed to keep him captive. The queen basically wanted the, the prince for herself, right? And I like guess, the original, but in the final cut, didn't dude? There was like a handful of scenes that just like full rendered out parts of the movie that just completely got got taken out. But my thought was, I'm wondering if that was an ode because she she captures the prince and kind of teases him in the cell. And I'm curious because that one moment, if that was kind of a play on that whole one that got cut. Because a guy that ended up doing Wait, what are we talking about? So in, in the animation... When they were going through the story process and the uh-huh. development of everything, they they went through so many different directions of story, right? Structure, you know, do right. we start with Snow White? Do we do we start with this or that or these? Blah blah blah. Um, and through with different renditions of the story, when they started animating certain things, like there was the one version of the story where the prince um, found out about Snow White and he goes to save her with the queen and like the from queen, the, from the castle from the castle okay. exactly. And you know, the queen catches him and uh, just tons of like things ensue. Basically, yeah. she captures the prince and she she keeps him in the dungeon below and she basically like she tries to like 
entertain him by uh, making the skeletons dance, and they did all these like really cool, like really creepy yeah. things. And my curiosity was because all those things got cut. Yeah, that did they keep that that one scene in there as if because that wait what like, what scene though when she's the- walk, when she's leaving the dungeon to give the apple to Snow White. Uh huh. She kicks the the water pail yeah. in front of the guy. Uh huh. There to me, there's my curiosity of like, was that a long lover that she had oh, that she's kept? Got it. You know okay. what I mean? Over time. Snap. So I didn't. I don't know, but that was just kind of an interesting thought to me, just knowing some of the history behind it. Yeah. But no, it's well, and, and who knows? Maybe that's how. Because it's funny how so much of that of what you just said is like kind of a Sleeping uh, Beauty vibe. Totally. You know? oh, totally. In fact, it's totally. funny how even watching this, you're just like, wow, is this, it sort of felt like a take one of Sleeping Beauty yeah. in a sense. Totally. You know what yeah. I mean? 100%. Um, I think they use the same type of castle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's. All the same matte paintings, background paintings. I was just like, mm, pretty yeah. sure. You know? Well, I use the same, uh, same uh, sequence when the prince goes to kiss her. Probably use mm-hmm. that same, like, initial Close. drawing yeah. for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I, w- and sort of started to go way back to the beginning. I had never seen it before I realized because, really? or, or maybe I had, but back in the day, Disney used to do these things maybe like on Christmas or something like the scene in the, um, the scene in the, uh, thing where all the dwarves are singing uh-huh. the, mm-hmm. the silly song. Yeah. I know I have seen that before. Right. Because Disney used to do these sort of little like, uh, Christmas, you know, Christmas, I don't know, I can't even describe it, like an hour of Christmas, like an hour Christmas show, but it'd be like these snippets of all these little yeah, like little things. short films. Yeah. And, and so I know I had seen s- snips of it, but I had never seen the entire thing through because at the end, I had no idea how it ended. Right. Because I, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of knew the whole thing just because of, you know, Snow White. I mean, who doesn't know that story? Mm. But I didn't know how this film ended. Right. And I was like, oh, interesting. I've never, I realized I hadn't ever seen it. I don't, I'm, I don't think, or maybe when I was young. But you may have seen it. Uh, ABC used to have, I want to say, either Saturday or Sunday nights. Uh, like growing up in the 90s, they would have like the movie of the week or That's whatever, true. where Michael yeah. Eisner, who oh, was yeah. present at the time, I remember would that. talk totally to the camera. I remember those. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a throwback to the old Disney days, uh-huh. like yeah. the Walt stand up days in his yes. office and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. what Michael Eisner would do. So maybe I have, but so that maybe I mean because they show a little bit of something, right. and then they go into their movie of the week or whatever. Well, it's just crazy to me, like how old that movie is, and how many times we've been re-initiated um, into that story, like with Kristen Stewart. Yeah, well, not only that, but say for instance, because this came out in 1937, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. When I was a kid, when I first saw Snow White and Peter Pan and all that type of stuff, I thought they were. I thought I was so young that I thought those movies were recent. like recent. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then as I got older, I was like, wait, what? You mean to tell me that these were made before my grandmother was even born? Right. That is amazing. It is. And yet we're re- getting reintroduced to them. Uh, you know, at five years old in the eighties and nineties, and even kids now are getting reintroduced yeah. to the to the cinema. You know, and I'm like, that is really really cool. Yeah, and that kind of shows why Disney is what they are because right. they took all of these. I mean, it was kind of like a tent pole before tent poles were right homogenized sure. by just the same old story over and over again. Mm-hmm. It was let's make this an event, let's make this timeless. Right. And yeah, growing up I had no idea that Sleeping Beauty, uh like Snow White, Robin Hood, I had no idea how old these were. Totally. Well, and then also cuz they look so good. Yeah. Um when you know, we're probably you know, in that period of time where 
you know, the Renaissance, you had Aladdin and the Little Mermaid and Pocahontas, uh, not Pocahontas, well, yeah, and the all, Beast. Of that, all of that. And so, you know, it was sort of that yearly event and they really, or at least Disney Animation, made that effort not to sort of saturate with a bunch of different stuff, but there was sort of the yearly one, ma- <clears throat> one major movie yeah. with the characters and then that would just be, <clears throat> you know, merchandise and all that stuff throughout the year. And then you sort of learn that they've always done it that way. You know, <laughs> always, like, yeah. They'd always really sort of featured, like it was always a big deal when Peter Pan would come out or these movies would come out because it wasn't, they weren't just filling the movie theaters with a bunch of stuff. But, you know what I mean? Because these things yeah, took they a wanted, long time to make yeah. also. You know? They wanted to capture the <clears throat> imagination of all the generations. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think that's why, yeah, this is super dark. <laughs> it's so dark. But it's a fa- it's a film where, as a kid, I I mean, I totally overlooked all that dark shit. Like yeah. it just didn't really hit me until this time, just how right. dark that was. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, there's little things in there for the adults. And nowadays, we've talked about this on other podcasts. Nowadays, kids' movies are made for kids with the parents. Like, why have you forsaken me, Lord? In yeah. the theater with I them. I don't know, like, man. Is- I I disagree. I mean, I guess it depends. It depends on the type of cartoon or 3D animation you're working on. I feel Pixar does a wonderful Pixar does wonderful great. What I'm talking about is like the CGI idiots. characters mixed in with live action has been for the most part pretty much just for kids. Like mm. you have um you have like the Elven and the Chipmunks and the mm. Marmaduke and the Garfield about. where mm-hmm. it's like so catered to talking down the kids and i think the stuff that we grew up with and these disney movies didn't feel like they needed to talk down to kids they felt like kids could appreciate things without having to talk down at them i mean i think the interesting thing for me though is like walt disney's choice was never to just make kids things right like that was never his mo his mo was to make good films Mm -hmm. and just his medium of choice was animation because that's what he loved right and i think what he did really well with snow white coming out of it as like his first feature was that he wasn't making it for kids he was making it for people yeah i think that's the difference yeah and we talked about this a little bit last week on the podcast but like the thing that you know we're in movie fucking what 30 or something like that into the afi list and every movie that afi has they're human movies. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And at the same time, Snow White is a very human character right away. And I'm like, that's why it's super timeless from like an animation mm. standpoint, in my opinion. Yeah. Because he made it for made it for people, not just this is for a kid, this is for an adult, this is for a woman. Well, I think it's whatever. also mixed. I mean, I think that some of those early Disney movies are just locked in that because and I maybe also the Disney that whole vault thing that they used to do, the, which was their marketing yeah. shit was ridiculous. They, they stopped do, doing the mall, or yeah, vault thing. Well, you yeah. realize they didn't do that vault stuff until our till we were in Kids. the nineties, right? 80s and nineties. Then they started pulling them out of the vault because they just released them in theaters. Yeah, and then that I was realizing why my parents were buying all these movies right away, and it was because they're like they never do this. Yeah, so I was like, oh, it's like shit, you have you, you have that. to get one hundred one Dalmatians now because it'll be seven years before you can get it again. Yep, right. Yeah. I mean, you can buy all that shit on Amazon now, though, right? Well, well now, no, but not then. Now, yeah, no, yeah not true. then you could. Yeah. Now they don't do the vault thing. If you yeah. go to Best Buy, they're all there. Yeah. Oh, are Versus they? Versus before, yeah. it's like, get it for a limited time before gotcha. it goes back into the vault. Gotcha. That, that was like the threat. Well, and, then, and then every seven years, <laughs> yeah. it would be like, it was like DVD, and then it was like, um, Blu-ray. Remastered, yep. you know what I mean? And then it was Blu-ray, and then it's high, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah, I remember even, going to Costco all the time. Like every time my parents would go to Costco every weekend, you know, for for shopping and dollar fifty hot dogs. And <laughs> oh my gosh! And 
every every week we'd buy a new Disney movie. Yeah. Every week. And tradition <laughs> was to go Costco, get food, get a movie, and then right when we came home, we Watch watched it. it. Mm-hmm. Like, right away. And I always loved opening up the package and looking at the design and, you know, all that I shit. I still love opening the packages. Yeah, it's such dude. a great feeling. Yeah, like, it really is. This is going to be a special moment for There's me and my television. There's something special about opening no. up a Disney VHS movie, <laughs> that experience that oh, you... Oh, that plastic. That plastic. Yeah, exactly. And, like, when that thing just goes... And yeah. it pops open for you for the first time. <gasps> yeah. And you don't know if you get some cool like sticker in there yeah. or whatever, you know? And then you just you see this black plasticky goodness yeah. sitting in there waiting for you, you know, for you to yeah, enjoy. And we had all those. I grew up with all of the classics yeah, growing cool. up. Um yeah. yeah, no paper sleeves for them. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> Spare no expense. Yeah, no, it was I mean, it it, it was always special. Right. And um for me. Every Sunday, we would go to church, and then we'd come back, have lunch. My parents would take their, like, siesta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, as a kid, was like, naps are stupid. Now I fucking love naps. Oh, right. my God. I've mastered car naps, and it's amazing. Oh, I'm nice. here to tell you it's exciting. But as a kid, I'm like, I'm not going to nap. Yeah. So I would watch, like, when I was younger, I would just pop in one of those Disney movies, yeah, like Robin Hood or Jungle Book. Yeah. And just absorb that. And I haven't watched your parents are looking at each other like, you want to go fuck after church right now? Let's go fuck right now. Like, oh, they well, totally What are we going to do with Noah? just like, hey, honey, we got you a new Disney movie. He's like, oh, boy. And you're like, <laughs> sweet. Gee, Willikers, mom. Yeah, thanks, dad. Turn it on real loud. How do you guys know that those are the <laughs> phrases I would always use? <laughs> because the way that I see Holy you. Holy cats. Yeah, this the way that great. I see you is like, leave it to Beaver. I'm pretty sure you pretty came much. out of a black and white Pleasantville show. I did. And my, my a stork actually dropped me off at my parents' yeah, house. Yeah, you weren't yeah. shoved out of your mom's cooch. No, nope, because like they've just... never had sex, you guys. Drop it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway. But no. Touchy, it just... touchy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they totally fucked. Anyway, um, no. So uh, these movies always have a very special uh, place um, in my heart. And I think that, <laughs> sure they, that, they that they're great. Uh, later on, I want to get into how watching them older, kind of, I realize how fucked up they all are. Oh yeah, when yeah. you when you tend to overthink well, them. Uh, well, yeah. Well, trust me, we'll get into it. Right. I will get you on my side of this. But oh. something I, yeah, yeah, I love like watching this. Things that they just kind of glossed over is the fact that she's a mutant because she can communicate with animals oh, well, that's and they understand yeah. what the fuck she's talking about. Well, yeah, I have a couple notes on my irritation. And she can with that. took wood, turn wood into creatures. Well, like in the woods, she was just on acid, or yeah. she actually ate a mushroom or something. Yeah, because I thought that was strange too. No, you know what? I I made a note about that. Right, so you got to understand, she's she's the fairest one of all. Right, she is the quintessential sweetest girl in the all the land. She's the hottest woman on the planet, according to. A I don't mirror. know, man. I'd probably fuck the queen. To be honest with you, like she seemed like she'd be rowdy in the bedroom. Well, I Where mean, Snow White, I got to work for. Like that lady's like, please come, disrobe me. Uh, Aaron, With you're not action. gonna you're not gonna understand this, but let me tell you that older women know how to do stuff better than younger women. I'm so they... focused on the fact that you're touching my knee. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, what did what did you just say? No, but uh, no, I can. Yes, yeah. Prince Eric. So, so I agree with you. No, yeah, I Gary, can appreciate it. She she knows how to do stuff. Well, my point. Well, coming coming back to this whole thing though, like you gotta you gotta understand, she is like the quintessential queen. Like she is the princess. Right. She is the princess. So to have the queen just tell this wonderful, wonderful uh, girl this. This huntsman to kill this wonderful girl because she's jealous, basically. Right, right. She she almost gets murdered, and then she runs seriously, into, and then she runs into the woods 
frantic, right? The guy tells her, like, run, she'll kill you, she'll kill you. Right. There's the fear because she's probably never been in the woods in that well, much fear in her entire yeah. life, right? So she's she's experiencing all of these things, all of her magic. All yeah, of usually her imagination. the woodland creatures come to her, right? Exactly at the wishing well, at the, <laughs> right? So With the weird echo when she's um, <laughs> when she's running through the, the the trees and all that stuff, and she, I think it's a very imaginative way that they sure. that they showed with them convey the fear, convey and the, the panic. fear and the panic. Well, of really I think what was internalizing with her, right? You know, and then when she and she makes a very interesting moment when she actually falls down, and then all those eyes and everything that was Just turned there, into a nice forest. Well, yeah, yeah, and all those eyes were all the really the animals that right. she's that she's can communicate. That she with. can talk to, and there's a moment that she expresses. I'm not going to drop it. <laughs> there's a moment that she can express that um, that she basically says that she's. Uh, what does she say? Something to the effect that I'm, you know, I'm sorry that you know I let my fears get the best of me, basically. And I realize now that there's nothing to be afraid of. This right. is all something that I'm creating myself. Paraphrasing, obviously, right. but that is a very introspective thought that she has in a very short amount of time. Sure, you know what I'm saying. And I think that, like, for me, we needed to have that moment for her to kind of get to that space, and then she was able to kind of like push herself through. Well, plus, kind of to go back to this being a family film, um, I don't think kids would necessarily totally get the the thought because like you don't want kids to be like oh yeah that guy wants to stab her right and like take her heart so i think it's almost a way to like convey it in a more scary way for kids to understand to kind of get away from the fact that a dude was about ready to stab her and cut out her heart to be like no this is the scary part for a lot of kids Mm -hmm. i think they're also it might have just had to have been a storytelling mechanism because the idea that you couldn't show them just as the logs bouncing up and down because then it's like dude what are you scared of but then you couldn't show them as alligators because they weren't so it was sort of that like not like hey audience this is what it really is but then what that plays into the fear though that plays into like every fear that we had growing up right like there is a jacket hanging in your closet in your closet door opening but in some weird way you're you're contextualizing that as a demon figure or right. whatever. And I think because she's never been in the woods in that amount of intensity, totally. she's kind of visualizing everything as something that is extremely scary and not seeing it for what it is. Right. And that's the key to me. That what that whole scene kind of came back down to. She wasn't seeing what for what it was because in her in her fear as she was running through, and then she took that beat and then she noticed that all those eyes that we see and all the screaming right. and all those types of things was just something she she uh basically um put out there, you know what right. I mean, from her own fear, and then kind of capitalized it as these small animals. They were just the small animals that are yeah. watching. They're like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. But what, what's, what's your fucking hold up, Noah, about the animals talking to her? I'm just saying in a specific X-Men film, when someone could communicate with animals, it didn't end well for them. Which? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so... And Were they the fairest one of all? Maybe that was the, p- the issue. Only, the only issue I really had with the animals thing is that... I just wanted them to, to I, talk about it. I felt like it was inconsistent. Like, I wish... And I, this might be super, super tiny, tiny gripey. And obviously, I'm not... I'm sitting here in, with you guys, and I'm at where I am in my career. But it just felt inconsistent because there were times where she could speak to them and then... She, they would understand that she could understand them back. And then there's other times later where that wasn't the case. 
And so yeah, like that where? like with the with the stepmother, where and then, she um, was like in disguise, right? And uh-huh. they're trying to convey to Snow White like get away from her, and she's like, "Oh, you're just being silly." It's uh-huh. like, yeah. Um, well, and then also even on. when she woke wakes up and is frightened, and then she's trying to talk to them, like that was very clear, like. Okay, I can't do this. I don't know. It was just it, it felt like there <laughs> I mean, were definitely I moments. I really noticed that actually. Um, I I don't know. I guess I no. I'm right there with you. Th- so you mean to tell me like that bitch will fucking go into a abandoned looking house with these rodents? Okay, there's a lot of suspension of belief l- with this. No, I, I, I understand that, <laughs> but, part, but not listen to them when this old hag that, exactly that's trying to give her an apple, and they're like, eh, well, and first of all, like, how maybe do you they instincts? know what's up? Maybe yeah. she was really hungry. She was done eating porridge, bro. She was making a pie, dude. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's For true. her love, but they planted that moment. They planted Which, that. Which, by the way, is not very sanitary. If you have birds, don't making even get me the little, on that with little, the little things bird, like the that's not san or the flower like yeah. that's dude. OSHA would shut you down yeah. so fucking fast, or the health <laughs> the health department would be like, mm, "How'd you make that pie? Walk me through this." Exactly. Yeah, you guys. Do not get an A rating because right. that's disgusting. I don't want to eat well, a whatever, pie that no, has bird prints on it. Yeah, the it's bird prints on protein, the, on the You know how they wash themselves in dirt. I don't want to eat okay, that Okay, no, shit. when they were first washing the dishes, I was like, Ugh. is this oh! really? But then thankfully she's like, no, 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 that's not right. I'm like, okay, good. She has some sense. Yeah, they're all like licking it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah like wiping it with their tails. That yeah, that was dragged on their behind. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, good. make sure to use the sink when you also use your animal hands to wash them in the sink because that'll make them clean. <laughs> you know what, man? My my level of like cleanliness with that stuff, I'm like, eh, that wasn't. That I know bad. I'm the same way. I well, know people get all crazy about a hair, and I'm like, ah, it's just a hair. Who cares? We, we yeah, all, literally. Yeah, we all know how I overthink. Yeah, so. we went to breakfast this morning, and there was a hair in my wife's food, and she was just like, uh, I just want you to know, honey, that I'm looking at the cook, and I'm trying to figure out where this hair came from. Oh. He was bald. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, very little mustache, and it was a long fucking hair, and we were just like. Uh, mystery hair. I mean, yeah. You didn't order your eggs over testicle. No. Oh, well, Did. she might have. She likes that stuff. Oh, <laughs> wait. That's what I had. Um, no, no, no. I mean, that huevos rancheros. <laughs> literally, that might be that. I might Senior have to draw the line at that. But like, sometimes I'll find like an eyelash or a small thing, and that just comes from being in the restaurant industry forever. And it's just like, who cares? Because a. I, they've done studies, and they they know that most hairs come from the person. You know what I mean? And the fact that the waiter and the cook and all these people they don't wear full things, eyelashes, eyebrows. Right. I mean, you know, you've worked in the thing yeah. too, beard hair. You know, My whatever. favorite was when the lady's like, "There's a hair in this." A blonde woman. She's like, "There's a hair in this," and it was a blonde hair. And I'm like, mm, "Everybody that works in the kitchen does not have the length blonde hair that you have on your head." Yeah. Right. But I'll take it back, even though it's your fucking hair. Nobody. See, I would here. never do that. Like, yeah. I'd literally just be like, "No, bitch, it's your fucking hair." Like, I would get fired from what. No, but that you're so fast. because you're a decent human being. I am majority a decent human being, of people who come into restaurants. Yeah. The majority of people who come into restaurants are not decent human beings. Like the people who would be like, I want to try this. This looks good. I've never had it before. And you get it and they have a bite and they're like, I didn't like it, expecting it to take off the bill. And I'm like, but you've never had it before. Right. So you're taking a chance. You are taking a chance. It's not us that's taking the chance. It's not us. I mean, I guess the chance that I'm not going to like 
punch you right now, but yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like, why are you getting a I refund never, for something I could you fucking never work in that? Field, it's the man. worst. It's the worst. Be like, you yeah, meet you the shit. worst people in the world. There is hair in my food. I'm like, well, you should have fucking shaved, lady. I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> you know. Mrs. Beard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If I knew the bearded yeah. lady was going to come in. If you think this is from us, apparently no one in your life has given you the good courtesy of telling you have a mustache. Yeah, exactly. So I'm bleaching like... it, don't make it disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Thread it or something, weirdo. <laughs> Thread it. Thread it or something. Seriously. Fuck, man. Jesus All of Christ. You look over at her boyfriend right now. <laughs> You're taking care of this, huh? Oh. All right, I got it. Maybe you like the extra warmth on this. I anyway. had a question. Yeah. Okay. Why did Snow White, because if the queen makes her always wear rags, mm-hmm. why did Snow White go to the forest yeah, dressed I, up? I was curious about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was a jump for me as well. I okay. agree. Because I felt like it was almost like a Cinderella beginning in yeah. some weird yeah, way. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden, she's like, I'm going to go pick flowers in my Sunday dress. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In my winter formal. Well, maybe yeah. they, maybe the guy was just like, maybe you should put on something good. I'm just gonna go pick flowers. Well, well, maybe you should put. I feel like nice. maybe that was animated or drawn first. That well, I was about to say. Yeah, I the character if they, design or something. Yeah, yeah. they and had that first, like, and they had to fill in the beginning. You need to well, go back, yeah. and they're like, ah, oh, but I did this whole this thing. Is, this is my thought, okay? Because the movie doesn't open up on Snow White. No, which is yeah, and I understand exactly why. At least for me, I can interpret why it was done that way. Because I love the storybook start. I do too. The storybook start set up the tone right away, and I love the live action storybook. Yeah, start right. L- like you're, you're you're getting told this story from an actual human being, and then but you also zap into for it. the time because this was the first animated film. I think Walt was smart to be like you're used to live action. So, right. like, in order to get you to accept this, we need to start it in that right. to kind of like you know understand know your audience because mm-hmm. we're you know we're always talking about. The biggest thing is to know your audience when it comes right. to like the business side, right? Um, and just know who you're going for because if you're going to try and push something on people that they're not used to, that they haven't accepted yet, you're going to have a harder time having them embrace as opposed to doing something super fucking simple right. and starting them in a platform that they're already accustomed to and then well, ease them into it. I thought it was though, super smart. Well, and the thing is I've, I never thought of it like that and so I just learned something. However, because it's funny, because you guys are smarter at me than this, but the... Well, that's debatable. Well, the history I'll of take this. It. I mean, I'll, I, I, I never would have thought of it that way, because for me, I kind of was a little bit frustrated that it felt like you're getting this sort of three minutes of exposition here, where it's so interesting now where they'll start, you know, they don't start in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, they kind of don't, they, they would have animated that, but they're, they almost like made the choice to sort of say, okay, here's the whole story. Let's just do this. Well, you also got to understand the time, yeah. right? Yeah. There was the, this was like one of the first few films that were actual talkies. So what's interesting is when silent films started, it always had a, a, a moment of exposition in the beginning to set you up for the, for the yeah. story. Yeah. So my assumption is that they started doing it that way in order to ease people into the story because they weren't, so, they weren't used to just jumping into a movie right away. Yeah. So he was able to like let them read about the story a little bit, give them enough exposition for what the story was going to come for, you know, come from, and then we guided, he guided us into the overall thing because that was the first 
animated feature film, right. you know, and I think they he wanted to go with the same type of structure that everybody was used to first. Right. That you makes know, sense. While he's introducing things that nobody had seen before. Yeah, and, and now we're used to films being like, oh, it's fantastical, or it's sci-fi, or it's a fairy tale. Right. But back then, you had to, I mean, it's it was a harder sell. So it was totally like, right. you had to ease people into, this is a fairy tale. Well, you know, now we just know it, and we right. can I just also, skip that. I also wonder if, because that whole first, the whole all of the story that happens before what you, the, the animation, you know, cause that's, that introduces the dad and that introduces some of these other kind of things that ended up just getting discarded really quick. Right, right. So I wonder if there was also that, like there's the entire story and they're like, you know what, this part here, as far as like time and even just, how you know, fast can we get through exactly, the exposition like, learning to get about, to the like, actual, writing all the stuff. Three it's pages like, of exposition yeah. too. It wasn't even that and So much. yeah, they're like, you know what, let's just, none of this matters. Cause all of this mm-hmm. is going to, this isn't the story. So right. let's just do but it this way. But we need the context, yeah. but it'd be too wordy to put it yeah. in the thing. Like so, yeah, that's, right. that's too that's much to animate. And, uh, yeah. and you could do For it something in, that you don't you know, need. Really, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because the true story is about her discovering true Snow love. White. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, we, we set up the, the mom or the stepmom's evil. She wants, you know, so you know, Snow White dead. We get introduced to Snow White as this like angelic being. You know, she gets casted out of so-called heaven. Yeah, falls into the forest. Yeah, meets new people. Find finds refuge with a couple of dwarves that actually are smitten by her. You know what I mean? And then the jealousy, and she's like. The, to me, the reason why I really love the opening of this movie, minus the prologue, right? Mm-hmm. The opening of the movie is really interesting because we really needed to get into right away. If we would have opened the movie with that whole I'm wishing scene right at the, mm-hmm. at the wishing well, that would have had the audience set into that movie in a very different way. Oh, right? Yeah. And I would have been, you know, especially as, as uh, looking at it as a kid or watching it or whatever. I'll probably be like, oh, this is going to be like a very fanciful, you know, fun type of of movie. But there's a lot of dark undertones. And I think the directors, there's like five or six of them. There's a ton of directors on this thing. I think they did a really great job allowing us to ease in to really understand the weight of what's happening in the in if, if we're looking at, you know, Joseph Campbell's, uh, you know, hero's journey, like mm-hmm. the ordinary world right now. We open up, we get introduced to the right away to the stepmother who is asking the question, who is the fairest one of all? And then she gets told Snow White. And we can see that there's trouble there, but we don't know what's going to happen yet. So we dang- so the directors are dangling the carrot enough for us, and then we get introduced to Snow White for the first time. Yeah, And she is so in her element, right? She's a, that's a long sequence, by the way. Like, Super long. <laughs> so, yeah. Such a long sequence. I'm like, you mean to tell me that you cleaned, you sang with birds, and you fell in love all in one scene. Goddamn, that sounds like a good fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So then right after that moment, we zap to the next scene where she's basically planning on killing right. Snow White. So those moments happen rather quickly. <clears throat> and I think it works extremely well from a storytelling point of view because as soon as we get introduced to Snow White, after knowing that, we're like, well, what's going to happen to Snow White? If, could you imagine if you never fucking yeah. saw that movie? Like, how would you feel if you didn't know Snow White was going to, you know, get thrown into the woods and, you know, try to get murdered later and right. blah, blah, blah? I mean, like, it's quite that's the a really journey. Interesting, yeah. You know, and you take for granted that you it. know the story now. Right. But man, that was exactly. quite the journey. And also with, uh, with the way that it starts with the exposition, you understand going right into it why this moment it's so. Let me back up here. So, yeah. Batman, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. One thing I didn't don't stop that again. One thing I didn't particularly care for 
that we didn't even bring up on our mini major that we did on this is uh, after the it, it starts with how Man of Steel ended, where Metropolis is getting mm-hmm. all fucked up and everything, and Bruce is like, "Oh my god," and like saving people and all traumatized by it. But you never really got where once they do the flash forward to like six months later or a year later, whenever it was. Right. You never, I never really understood why this moment was his sense of urgency to kill Superman. Uh huh. You know, like I didn't understand like why wasn't it way back then? Why did you wait? Till now, to be in a hurry to kill Superman. Whereas with this, with the exposition, you understand because in the in the storybook, it's saying that every time she asks the mirror, it says that she's still right. the fairest of them all. So that when you finally see the mirror saying like it's Snow White, now you understand this is why she wants to kill. Can her. we just talk about that fucking mirror for a second? Because what a like, narc, by what the way, what a fucking douchebag. Yeah, seriously, right. you know just what I'm tell saying? her. Just tell her. You know what it was? Beautiful. He was just like, I'm fucking tired of hearing this stupid yeah. fucking question. Like, you are not the fairest one of all. Like, I've been lying to you for the last <laughs> sixteen <laughs> years. It's like, seriously, how much eyeshadow can you wear? Yeah. Seriously, dude, like, you hide your hair uh-huh. in a thing. <laughs> you pretty much only see your face. Right. And you're worried about being attractive? No Why don't you dress attractive? You know what? Maybe dress into something that's not so goth looking, you fucking yeah, crazy seriously. bitch. Seriously. You know? No Come down off your high purple. horse. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's my point with that goddamn mirror was that at some point he was just like, just kidding. You are not the fairest one of all. Psych. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. What about all the other years? You know? I was lying. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, why, why, yeah. it, why was it now? Like, after you have all never of even years, been in the top right. five. Right. <laughs> My curiosity, though, is was it because like she was of age now to like fall in yeah. love and all that? That type must of stuff? be. Yeah. Is that the reason? Puberty, well, and this is back then, so she's probably like eleven. So. Well, she was fourteen. She was, oh, she her character is the youngest Disney princess at fourteen. Okay, she's fourteen. She was fourteen. How do we know that? Did they say that? They don't say in there, but it's in the in the wiki in the trivia. Seventeen. Okay, officer. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) Snow White told me she was eighteen. Like, excuse me. um, (laughs) That's what the prince is just like. like, She said she was eighteen. That's knock 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 knock. Um, Excuse me. We're looking for uh, charming. Yeah, Yeah. uh, charming, comma prince. Yeah. Chris, Um, is it Chris Hansen? He comes out. What were your intentions uh, with Snow White? No, I I just I didn't know. Is that Taco Bell for her? No, I mean, I just... No, I, we're what's, just going to hang what's out. This bottle here? No, I got her a Happy Meal. My bad. <laughs> like, and we know that you can only get them for 13 and under. So. Oh, man. Um, yeah, no, that is a whole other sort of So I'm assuming thing. she finally, like, went through puberty. Right. Is what right. I'm assuming, where she's become a woman now. Right. right. So that's when the mirror's like, yeah, it's her. Yeah, yeah. maybe when the features started to form. Um, yeah, that was another sort of sort of like suspension of disbelief, I guess, where you sort of have to accept the fact that... There's a talking mirror. Well, and that all of a sudden this girl, like one day she, one day she is not, one day Snow White is second fairest, and then the next day she's the fairest. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm assuming that the, I'm assuming that this is a habit of the queen. You know what I mean? Like probably this is like, all, she's like, like every day, every couple of years, she's like, "Oh, you know what? I haven't done in a while." No, she's probably in there all the time. Oh, like every day. Every yeah. that's like, like a morning routine. Yeah. Like, yeah. she wakes up. Yeah. You know, she puts she, on she her hoodie or whatever the I need fuck to move that is. Yeah, she wakes up. She prays to Satan, and then uh, she uh, goes pets to the mirror. Crow. Yeah, yeah, pets her crow, and then she goes, goes to the mirror and says, "Am I the shit today, or what?" I just like that the mirror that looks back at her is even uglier than she is. Right. You know what I mean? And I was, and he was just like, "Not today, bitch." <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. You know. 
Uh, and then a 14-year-old well, girl dies, or well, has to die. Well, and that mirror ends up becoming, you end up learning it has a couple other uh, uses. And I'm like, <laughs> it's crazy that for so long that it was basically just asked. It's like a magic eight ball, except it's just got the one thing. Yeah, not, exactly. Like, choice. I mean, it was nice to nice to know, though, that even though the queen died, he went on to you know lead the Power Rangers <laughs> right. later on. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Thanks, Zordon. <laughs> That's who he is. It's like people actually respect him now. That's right. pretty funny. That's amazing. Uh, so f- one of the gripes I had with this, <laughs> he's still laughing. I'm thinking about, about it. Dude. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. that. Needs, that needs to be a T-shirt. That does need it's to be a T-shirt. It's the glass of Zordon, and then it has that fucker's face in it. <laughs> um, used to be owned by Rita Repulsa. That's yeah, why right. we know why they're enemies. Exactly. Um, all makes sense. It all ties together. It really does. So I personally did not care for Snow White's voice. Me neither. It as a it, kid I was fine with it, but it was really grating. Well it was I guess maybe degrading? Grading. Oh grading. for me, the person here who doesn't re- like I don't think I've seen it or doesn't remember having seen it. I was surprised that I hadn't you know, because most of them you know their voice. I know mm-hmm. Ariel's voice, I know Jasmine's voice. Yeah. I know you know I know all their voices. Um Humble brag. <laughs> no, no, no. I guess I, know them, I guess you what guys. I mean. Is, well, and it's not just because you've seen them. the movie, but the, the songs. You oh, know what totally. I mean? And so, like, they're just in your conscience. Uh-huh. And, um, but I didn't really know Snow White's voice or even her singing voice. And so, and plus, it was also one of those movies where it doesn't have the songs that mm-hmm. are sort of iconic. You yeah, know? the iconic songs are not hers. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, it sounds so. And it's on online. There's a couple articles about how they went the process of finding that voice. But yeah, I was surprised at how um, I don't know, young, uh, really girlish, like not girlish well, in what, a bad way, but just no. Very but young. what I thought was, and I kind of looked it up, and it made sense. But I'm like, man, Betty Boop was way bigger an influence back then than I thought because it was very Betty Boopish. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pretty, but yeah. like that that intonation. Yeah. That it wasn't quite the boop boop beep doop, but like but close that, enough. But close enough. Where if you say that she was supposed to be 14. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know. It makes sense to me that her voice was yeah in that 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 range. Well, it didn't. It sounded older to me. It didn't really. It didn't sound, sound older for, to me at all. Oh, I no. didn't. I didn't look this up. Is the was the voice actress the same as the pr- girl who sang? Yes, she's yes. sang the songs. Uh huh. And in fact, because they wanted to keep the voice so signature, she basically could only work for them. She well, wasn't allowed. Part, yeah. I think Wizard of Oz is the only other thing that she was a part of. But other than that, she never. Even though she was classically well, trained system, singer, that's how the system worked back then. Is. Anyway, yeah. they But just... Disney did a great job because they wanted their char- characters to be iconic. That even to this day, they have. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but because like with my voiceover people they've kind of discussed this where like if you get cast as those it's like job security yeah. where it's like if you're captain hook or whatever and you're basically that until you can't speak anymore or you die right. and then they cast somebody else so every time they bring back these characters and disney does a lot because they want you to buy their past shit right. so they bring them a lot in little things like you're part of this trust that's cool where you're set nice so but back then Instead of saying you're set for this job security, go do whatever, but you're set for this. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was like you're set for this. Where do you think you're going? <laughs> like, right. no, 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 you stay here. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, aspirations. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you want to do other stuff? I mean, you're nope. just a woman in 1937. Yeah, who you're gives? Lucky you got a job. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But like with the animation, um, they modeled a lot of the features after Betty Boop. Okay. Like the lips and things like that. Um, really? Yeah. It's in, I, I mean, I'll, I'll pull up the trivia a little bit later, but they kind of talked about that. So it made sense. Hmm. And Betty Boop was so 
iconic before Back, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. I mean, she was in the black and white era. But what's interesting about Betty Boop, if they were pulling a lot of Betty Boop into this, she was kind of like a sex icon. Oh, whole sex pot. Yeah. The during, Santa baby type of thing. Exactly. You know, they're taking, well, this pre-Marilyn Monroe, well, obviously. Plus, didn't but she wear time, the, uh, you know, right. the onesie? When, Betty Boop showed her legs, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. 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 She was very much like a sex icon. She was like a flapper. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in, you know, in the 20s and mm. 30s and 40s and even fucking now. But, uh, but I don't think they were, I think they were she going was very curvy for, too. And yeah. I never saw Snow White as very, but I don't curvy. think they were going for those elements for uh-huh. Snow White as opposed to like the, the, fa- like the lips were modeled after Betty Boop and mm. maybe the sound just to kind of like, yeah, I mean, it might be a marketing thing. Where it's like people love that. Well, and also, so exactly, like it might have been a thing back then, you know, because it's so funny to look at this stuff back now in the context of now where, because even now it's like, ooh, more of the same, more of the same. This has already sold well. Let's make another. Ooh, that one sucked. Oh, that's weird. Right. Um, because they're taking such a risk that sometimes yeah. when it comes to taking a calculated risk, you want to add factors in that's like, well, this well, and could then, be successful. Exactly. And they might have been, th- you know, because there was the animation. There was a lot of risk involved since it took so long to make that let's have some of the elements that people are used to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, let's have... That's interesting. I mean, I hadn't thought of it like that. Makes but, sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. The My favorite part of the movie is the dwarves, though. Yeah. The entire time, they're just so well Which one do you think was out. gay? Because statistically okay. speaking... First of all, that's... Because uh, I, I have... Uh, <laughs> can I just say, like, I, I don't give a, a shit which one was gay. Oh, no, I'm I just completely no, no, no. honest. I, have I don't care. Here's my whole thing about that. Because first of all, I'm watching it, and um, <clears throat> as they're moving and they're introduced and the songs and all that, I just, you know, they pop up and start like, mm, and I'm like, oh, gay. 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 Oh, wow. Oh, that's gay. And... Which even, ones? I'm so curious. Uh, most of them. I mean, <laughs> okay. I think, truthfully, sure. Sure. I think Dopey is probably the least gay, even though he acted kind of <laughs> feminine. Because he doesn't even know what's going on. Well, no, no but something about him, um, and maybe Grumpy, you know what I mean? Everybody As else- gay? And not gay. Oh, okay. All the others. You didn't. Th- you didn't get a gay vibe from Grumpy whatsoever. No, I did. I, mean, a little I have bit. a feeling that they've jerked themselves off with e- you know <laughs> each other in the room for sure. Sorry, mom. Yeah. Um. So I was. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mom, I'm gonna be on this thing. You did it. She's gonna be listening. We're talking. Sorry, about. mom. It's okay. It's so fine. you think I'll bashful? just get this out of the way, semen. So, anyways, um, <laughs> no, the he's talking about sailor's mother. Um, so, you know the scene where um they're wa- they're getting scrubbed up, uh-huh. and then they put Grump. You know, he's the last one, and they're scrubbing him up, uh-huh. yeah. and there's. First of all, so you think Grumpy is grumpy because he's homophobic? I think it's so funny because at first I thought it was gay, but then later on I'm like, I bet he's like Wolverine and Jean Grey. He's the gruffy old scruffy guy who ends up with the girl. But they all seemed gay, and then they're scrubbing him up, and then as sort of like a joke, they're like, "Ooh, he's wearing flowers. Ooh, he smells like petunia." Like they're making it sort of like a joke that he's kind of gayish, you know. And then I'm like, why are you guys talking? You guys all act gay. Yeah. Like you guys all have the movements. And it's maybe it's because he's always been uncomfortable with their gayness. So now they're kind of picking like, hey, look, you it's were like funny this for so long. To look back at this at the intention of the times and the animators and the story, because yeah, they were drawn and moved in a very feminine way. A lot of them. Even Doc. Like they would just sort of have movements or I don't know. I mean, I'm sitting here doing it now. I disagree, goddammit. I honestly disagree. I don't, I don't, I'm, I never saw them looking at them being like, eh, you know what I mean? That guy's gay, that guy's gay, that guy's gay. I just thought well, that they're, okay. and I just, don't know. I just never looked at it that way. <laughs> and, and, and I, you guys are blowing my balls off right now. And I, and I say that quasi joking. Like, I don't, I, okay, if we're sitting here being really technical, Sneezy 
Um, I don't. I never got kind of a gay vibe off of him. He has hay fever. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he has um, allergies, which he, I can relate. He has hay fever throughout <laughs> he the does. entire But a couple of says it. Oh, I, no, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. So when she starts, okay, this one I wrote down. I'm excited. So You are bouncing around like it's Christmas morning. So I'm super I know, I'm bouncing around like someone gave me a subscription to something tube. Um, no, the, <laughs> the scene where she um, she's telling a story uh-huh. and... You know, she's like, oh, you know, once upon a time, princess and prince fall in love, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, is this a real story? Is this about you? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, was he tall? Was he no. handsome? You know? And then, no, no, no. And then, the, and I then. Didn't catch that. No. And then, that at all. And then there's the scene. They're more interested in the guy that she fell no. in love with than her. And then, and then, no, I no, no. catch that. And then there's the scene where they basically sort of all like <laughs> grab a chair and turn it around and they like scoop forward like. Tell us about this prince. I mean, yeah. they're not saying that, but you're oh, just getting this funny. vibe of like oh, so the girl funny. telling the story yeah. about this prince, and everyone's sort of like gathered around, and I'm like, gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I had never that got blew that. my mind. Wow. It's true though. They it really is true. Like, is it you anyway? Tell us more about him. Yeah. Yeah. Is he handsome? How many inches? Was yeah. he tall? Was he handsome? Was he this? And everyone's just like so enraptured by the story. It's like, what? Maybe but they're just enraptured with you know, the love. Yes. No, it would t- totally, which I'm sure it is. But I don't you know, remember these them guys asking like any questions about the female. The seven lonely men, you know. Um, but that that's just funny. do nothing but dig for jewels. <laughs> 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 they sleep very closely with each other. They There's really a do. lot of room in that in that bedroom, <laughs> yeah, but they and their choose beds for body are just heat. like. Can we just put our beds really close together, guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I thought that same thing too. I'm like, wow, that's kind of like. I mean, even uh, Lucy and uh, Desi. Yeah, were they had married, separate beds. And they were like five feet apart. Yeah, know? that's true. Ozzy and Harriet. We never saw ends. them in the beds together. Just know that. Yeah. So that's we got true. lucky there. That's so funny. Interesting, man. I don't know. I feel like. I don't know. That's that's pretty damning evidence well, right there. I, I, doubt, I doubt they did that intentionally. No, no, no. And I'm you curious. What I'm saying? Because well, that yeah, wasn't I mean, I don't thing. think Walt Disney knew they were gay at all, Gary. At all. <laughs> well, and, you know, if you look back Asshole. at the time, and it's that Disney's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> a little anti-Semitic, but that. a saint. But a saint. But I'm curious why, you know, because there is that vibe of masculinity that, you know, that was then. You know what I mean? Like, right. sure. You know, I mean, World War One, ha- you know, had ended and World War Two, you know, all that stuff. And so masculinity and, you know, all that stuff. But I'm curious why they were drawn in such in such a feminine way. Because you know, some of their movements and Prince Charming, but even though I think he's kind of gay. that's a principle of animation, though. That is a principle of animation where you need fluidity yeah. and movement. And what they did when they were animating that stuff, like... You can't a masculine like no, totally. gesture. And I think you know that's right? why like, it's tough. That's why the prince was in there so little is because they couldn't master his movements. Which and this is all just that tiny gripe space now. I mean, it's a great you know what I mean. And right. I understand it. They're dwarves and they're childlike and it's funny and it's for children. Dude, you know this I mean? totally. podcast right. is quasi overthinking, so you don't need to do any disclaimer. What? Because oh, nah, trust man. me, brace yourself. Eventually, I'm gonna overthink the shit out of it, and I'm gonna get you on my side. So, so no thinks. worries. Hashtag good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're using that from now on. So hashtag like fuck that. you, Noah. <laughs> Quit stealing my mom's hashtag. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow. So oh, I, I had a question. Why did the queen? Why didn't the queen just wear an actual disguise instead of like morphing her whole body? Because Snow is kind of well, okay. dumb. There's first of all, yeah, that's because true. that's not cool. And that's that's not even fun. Which she's like a plastic nose. You know what I mean? A, that would have been amazing. Bigger cloak. 
So okay, glasses with the if fake we're gonna nose get into, on. Exactly, Gonzo <laughs> glasses. If we're gonna get into the realness of this, Let's why didn't it. she just? Why didn't she just send an army with her at the lead and just go kill her? Themse- yeah. you know what because I mean? like, she is the yeah. fairest one. Do you see how, like, the dwarves, as soon as the dwarves found out that she was the princess, they're willing to do whatever the fuck she wanted. Okay. Right? So if the kingdom knew that the queen killed the princess, they would revolt, uproar. So she had to do it incognito. Do you think that she killed that huntsman that failed to... Totally. I oh, so yeah. Totally. In fact, I, I was fully expecting... A scene. I was fully expecting that, and then all of a sudden it's like, and then all you get is the "oh fool," and it's like, oh, that's not satisfying at all. At all, yeah. A pig's heart. Yeah, because totally, I can't eat a pig's heart. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, that must. I can't kill the Snow White. She's wonderful, but I'll kill Babe. Yeah, (laughs) she went up to that mirror. She she was expecting. (laughs) You know, she was like, oh, she was so proud too. Yeah, she was so proud when she came up to that mirror. He's like, ha ha, that's actually a pig's heart. She's like, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> but look, Wait, there's but a no, there's a heart in here. Yeah, it's that can't Snow possibly White. be. Look anything at it's else. in a box. Look at this box, and it just coincidentally has, has a, a heart, heart with a sword, sword in it. It's no, I made it myself. Yeah, how sad is that though? She went up there like proposing, like, look at my crayon drawing, Dad. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. There's a heart in this box. Will you put it on the fridge? You know, and then and it's basically the Dad's version of humans have five hands, not three. You know. Yeah, that was sad. I felt I did feel I laughed a little. <laughs> that just the real life of like the mirror just being like Pfft. Why didn't Snow White go with the dwarf if they're so worried about her, why didn't she just go with them? Yeah, that's a good to question. work. Because yeah. they don't want to give the location of their treasure. I didn't think about that. Well, the wow, f- they're fucking two faced. Yeah, but that's also dumb because I have a whole thing about <laughs> the key and the lock. I mean that I don't that know. That was interesting. I don't yeah. know their I, whole Wait, what are you mechanism. talking about? They made a big moment too about that. It was Dopey, like a gag for sure. First of all, Dopey is in charge of security. Okay. Oh so, shit. Guys Doc Doc Give it to Grumpy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Doc I don't remember I don't remember if he told Dopey to go back and lock it or if that was Dopey's job. That was his job. He has okay. to take the bags and put them in the vault. And, and then, then he locks, he locks it. it. And then he walks away. And he says, oh, shit. And he comes back and he hangs the key Puts to the, the key door on, on the on the door sill, on the door frame. I mean, why? So that's a whole Guys, thing. So they're already kind of whatever. I miss that. And that bums me out because that's stupid. Don't yeah. trust him with anything important. Well. He I, means well. Yeah. That, that ain't going to cut it. It's going to be funny, though. Yeah. Anyway, it goes down. I like that they forced him to go see the monster. Yeah. <laughs> they made him yeah. go see the monster. Like, he was the most successful dwarf out of all of them. And it went him. In what Grumpy. way? Like, from like a, like a studio uh, product oh, I see type what you of mean. scenario. Outside of the movie. Outside of the movie, he was the most successful. So, explain the, the I missed that then. The, that. It's at the end of their shift. Okay. That when they don't, this is all before they come to the cottage the first time. When we first get introduced oh. to them. Because it's like, time's done. You know, the shift is over. So they all like take what they have. And is it Doc that's throwing it into the vault or the, there's basically a room where they store all the jewels and gems. Right. It's called the vault. Oh, <laughs> it's literally oh yeah, that's right. It says it. It yeah, says it. It's the called vault. the vault. You know, in yeah. case anyone stumbles upon it. And <laughs> well, they were putting all the things on the bag in the bag. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And I think right. Sleepy or Bashful or something like that was pulling the, you know, pulling it out. And then there was the bags there. And then Dopey's job was to grab the bags and chuck it into the vault. Yeah. And then he closes the vault, forgets, comes back, puts the locks it, and then puts the key just hanging right on the vault. Like anybody yeah. can come steal their shit. 
You know. Yeah. What's the point of having it lock if the key is going to be mean, right there? You I might as well have a fake thought, rock. I, I, I had to. I thought that, and then I'm like, I just have to stop and yeah. move on with the movie. Well, then my other thought too is like, why are these guys are so engrossed in like making money? But I'm in all irony, like that was part of the time. The men's job was to make right. money. Their job was also to take care of the woman. The woman's job was to clean the house, make the supper, yada yada yada. I mean, in a very simple sense, gender. Gender yeah. roles stated totally, right totally. I mean, in that mine, you. Op- I mean, the opening shot of that mine. You're like, how are they working so hard? Like this cavern is just filled with, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Gems there's no and supervisor. Yeah, like, at all. They can choose their own shift. They don't. That's their mine. The yeah. yeah, it's their mine. I mean, Doc is kind of the quintessential supervisor. Yeah. But... Well, he had his own because I think his bed was the one that was by itself. Off, yeah, right? it was like yeah. the three and three, and then then Doc. Were they was all? Like the... Were they all related? I, I, I don't know. Maybe I just want to know why they were all. But you kind of could get a sense of their ages a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You know how long their beards and shit were, yeah. and what have you. Except for it's, Dopey, Dopey's the youngest. Dopey was like two hundred years old. Well, and that's a whole other. I couldn't tell if Dopey was younger or if he was like powder, where he just didn't have any body hair. <laughs> Most definitely younger. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got that sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of. He'd even grow into his clothes yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Wait, what was the question you asked that started that? Uh, just why they left her at oh. home if they were so worried about her. Because oh, they're like, literally like, careful, the queen wants to kill because you, and she's a witch, women. and she can disguise. And she's like, How okay. they know okay, that bye. first fucking woman oh, that comes by? She's like, okay, that's eh, why I asked. Safe. They seem to know, they, if they have a sense of the magnitude right. of what she is. Why not just keep snowing around? Okay, here. bye. So yeah, be good. You know what I mean? In this little like cottage built with like and like rocks literally and the first person that comes across, she's like, mm, "You're probably not her." Like, <laughs> really? Did you forget all? Yeah. Ooh, a wishing apple? Are you fucking and stupid? That lady's creepy That's as hell not a looking. Thing. Like if I was yeah. turning around, terrifying. Like if you're doing like, like ah. Well, and the way they shot, you know, da 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 da. It's like. Hi, girly. You're like, whoa. She even did her evil witch laughter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, bye. Nobody's in here. Yeah, exactly. Leave a a message after the tone. And then not listening to all, like, literally all the warning signs were there. Snow White's dumb, guys. Because the animals. She's 14. Yeah, but that's no. 14-year-olds should be smarter than that. I don't know. I man. almost feel I like I would even suspect anybody. 14-year-olds on Snapchat, 14-year-olds. No, well, like, that's true. But now. I feel like back then, younger people were, you know what I mean? Like, Because even for all of us, you know, there was that, you grow up and you kind of... In a bubble? Go off. Well, no. Well, back then, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. We're more like in a bubble. But who knows? But yeah, I thought the same thing, too. It's like literally like, okay, so if an old woman comes... Don't let her in. Oh, and don't take food from straight. You know, and like all these really specific things. And then right. this old woman comes up with an apple and says, "Eat it." She's like, oh, "Okay." If yeah. only maybe She's all like, could have been. What did they say? Take yeah the apples, food from the strangers. <laughs> and all the birds are like, "No, don't do that." And he's just like, "But they told me." Well, to. and then that's the other thing too. The animals are smarter. All the like, animals are like, "Stop it!" Like trying to stop. Well, they have like a sense thing. about that thing. If well, only the dwarves true. could have yeah, warned Snow White. Oh, and by the way, a wishing apple isn't a fucking thing. So if someone offers you one, hold on, motherfucker. She believed in a goddamn wishing well. She sang a song about her love coming, and then at the end of the goddamn song, at the wishing well lo and behold somebody showed up she's well, like yeah. well the okay, fucking wishing fair. well worked maybe this apple will work how bright is she in her gross ass knuckly this guy this creepy like, guy with oh God. big red lips jumps over a fence sneaks up on her you know what i mean da 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 oh no 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 you're the one i want that one song that i've ever you know what i mean and oh. she's like oh okay 
Yeah, yeah you know, sure. You're the first she... man I've seen. I bet you're the love of my life. Dude, she and, uh, ran away, not hitting too. On a yeah, ran away. She was like, oh! <laughs> and she ran up the stairs, and then she peeked out, like, look at that guy. Look at that guy. <laughs> look at those lips. They're redder than mine. Oh. Um, hey, oh. Oh, by the way, long. why at the end of the movie, I know we're skipping all around. I'm okay well, with that. What is um, why did she say goodbye to the dwarves? Like that, I felt like that was kind of shitty. Where it's like mm, they've helped you, they're and kind of a shitty goodbye too. Yeah, well, yeah. she has to ride off into the the heaven castle. But why? Why can right. she not still be friends with the with these guys? Like that not have to be whatever. Her and for for anyone out there who sort of has these ideas, but Snow White is kind of a bitch. She is. She kind of. You know. Yeah. I mean, she wakes up. And then, yeah, there's that whole leap of, like, kiss. Ooh, oh, my God, you're that creepy, you know what I mean? Like, you're my rapist, you know? And then riding off, and then, like, oh, here, say bye. Okay, say bye to your friends. Yeah, we're going to leave them behind. You know, give them a kiss. And then it's like, goodbye, 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 goodbye. Thanks for the last two days, which, you know. Thanks for saving my life and protecting me and housing me and... Protecting Thank me you for the, this whole thing. the vigil and the. So, you just office. imagine how fucked up those dwarves are. Like we killed somebody, somebody yeah. died in front of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of this lady, all the That's trauma that comes behind. Totally. Her. Well, and that actually also, which she may not have known, but the magnitude of their yeah, the dwarves are. I mean that they chased the witch yeah. up the thing. I mean, and the reality is, just the look on Grumpy's face. I'm like, I wonder what he's gonna do. Like. In my head, I'm thinking, what would they do if they got her? Because yeah. she doesn't seem like she's not like um, Maleficent. You know, she doesn't have like shooting stuff. She out only of her has hands. the power in her castle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, in the book, it's like black magic. It's like she doesn't have it. She's got to go look it up. And she ha- it takes her a while to prepare to do anything. Even right. so, well, the smartest yeah. thing too is like I think if she was like a full grown woman, you know, like in her actual state, she probably could have taken all seven of those assholes because she was an old ass lady. She was like down to oh, their right. level. Yeah, you know. She was like, well, that's true. It did, it did make... Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It crippled her a little bit in that Grab her process. nose. Yeah. Heek. Someone get that mole. Yeah, right. But I like the plot device to, without having to show you, to let you know that she died by having the buzzards yeah. coming Although down. that actually threw me, because I was like, ooh, are they going to... Is that a Snow White? But then it's her, you know? It's the, Like they the just witch. followed yeah. death. Right. That's, yeah, that, that's actually, I think, adds to the darkness. Yeah, it's yeah. very oh, good that, symbolism. Oh, the thing, it's circling. It's like, oh, God, that's crazy. Well, Disney uses the symbolism with like vultures all the time yeah, to symbolize that type of stuff. Um, some of the things that I really loved about this movie that they did extremely well is like some of the cinematography in the actual Amazing. cartoon was yeah, wow. You know, like we never saw her actually take a bite out of the apple. Right, we just saw her, you know, take the, the apple and fall yeah. down the hand rolls out just very good cinematic visuals throughout the entire thing and i think they did a really great job with like vultures because yeah. we, we get it you know what i mean those totally. things are what they are and even with it this being the first animated full feature film in color technicolor mm-hmm. <laughs> they made sure to say yeah. technicolor several times um uh, man the shading they used for the forest yeah. and just the different it just was yeah. breathtaking yeah and kind of going back to the 80s cartoons where it's just like shitty even more recent i don't care for anime but like the more recent anime where it's like those characters like moved in a position like ah when they're jumping and you're just seeing nothing behind them basically mm-hmm. but it's like oh implying that they're jumping mm-hmm. just to kind of be the quickest to the point everything in this felt so deliberate every oh, yeah. frame felt well, drawn even, just so deliberate. well even when she's coming down the stairwell to go to the lab you know whatever you want to call that place the detail you know with yeah. the skeleton that was on the thing and then she goes in and even in the lab all of the tiny details throughout that um 
Or even falling even further into the details, like when the animals are walking with Snow White. Yeah. Look at the little stories that are happening yes. in the bottom. You know, yeah. like the deer's leg is getting caught a little bit in the mud, so right. it's like yeah. you know, like it pulls its yeah. out. Or I the, remember that, like yeah, the baby, yeah, the baby exactly. deer, yeah, and like you know, the rabbits and the, everything. Right. You know, they're kind of wrestling a little bit, or it, so many little yeah. wonderful storytelling devices happening throughout the entire thing. Or like when they're jumping over the bridge. You know, one of the yeah. rabbits didn't make it all the way across, and it you know yeah. scurried up to make it all the way across. Like little things like that, I thought were really really cool. Yeah, um, what I always thought was really interesting was the parallaxing that was happening in the in the frame so what Walt Disney made like they made this like oh Jesus I think it was like 18 feet tall um projector basically so the way that they were able to get the the cameras passing through the fo- the the foliage and you know pulling back and having that depth within the frame with drawings is basically they would make they make plates so they would do all the cell animations right and that was on one singular plate and then they put a background plate which was the static plates and mm-hmm. then they put plates in front of it on different layers and so what they would do is they would have a camera at the very top and they would shoot down through the camera so they'd move the camera forward and as they would move forward they'd move the plates oh wow the camera oh that's back, cool they move the plates back yeah. in so that's why we're getting some of that the, they call it shallow depth of field yeah that is the only reason why they're able to do that because when they were actually making them they had different layers happening right. at the same time which is fucking cool that man. is super cool so, and now they do all that stuff digitally right and that's why the flatness of cartoons now because they don't do it that way you have to really draw those frames in and yada yeah. yada yada the way that they did these ones, it was like a whole system that he invented to create this this cinematic right. approach into his cartoons. And it's well, really cool 3D to look feel. At. It's mm-hmm. crazy to think about having to or just have that Z-space. time. Yeah, you know I mean, because yeah. I remember with my friends and we're trying to like record, you know, make our home videos and edited them into something, and we'd have like a VCR and a thing and a audio system and like all these chords we'd go to Radio Shack and find these little different end pieces and try to make something mm-hmm. but back then that idea of like okay how are we going to rig this to right. make this work you know like this is you know and to, he's saying no 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 this is what I want it to look like right you know sort of that Steve Jobsy kind of thing of like mm-hmm. no no that I don't want that I want it to actually look like this and actually move you know mm-hmm. and to have that system which wasn't which they probably invented, you know, they had to make. They made, you know? yeah, they yeah. made that. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really nice about, like, Walt Disney was a tyrant. Like, uh, an amazing innovator from a cinematic standpoint in our, you know, in our cinescape, if you will. But uh, what I really loved and appreciated about this guy was that he let, he just knew talent when he saw it. And he let the people around him cultivate that as best as he possibly could. Because his name is at the top, Walt Disney's Snow White, Right. Very rarely you'll see the director. You'll get to see any yeah. of that other thing. Right. It was Walt Disney's vision, right. and everybody else that he hired were to articulate that vision the best they possibly can. I remember I was reading that he would um, he would offer anybody five dollars if their gag made it into the movie. So like the the thing where like the dwarves' nose pop over the mm-hmm. bed and they're like, you know, yeah. somebody came up with that gag. Just anybody that was working for Disney, and if they used it. He paid him five bucks, you know, things like that. And I mean, he just, he, he allowed this, he told everybody like, this is our first movie and I want you guys to have as much ownership in this movie 
as I did. Mm-hmm. So much so That's that he believed, he believed so much in this goddamn movie that he mortgaged his house. $1.4 million. million to make this movie. I mean, it made well over $400 million. Yeah. I think it made $8 million or something like that, the first weekend box office type of scenario. Um, back then. Back then. Wow. Yeah, so it's a lot. Of, yeah, it, it made four movie. times as much as any other film in 1937. Right. Which is crazy. What's the adjusted... Adjusted for inflation, this is the uh, most successful Disney movie ever. Ever made. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but he believed in all of that. Like, he knew, and everybody, like, his wife <laughs> tried to talk him out of it. His brother, his cousin tried to talk him out of it. And he's just like, no, man, this is going to be, this is going to be good. What was he, do- what was, what was Walt Disney, what were they trying, what were they doing before? They were making... Um, like, how did this become the big bet? They basically were doing a bunch of short animations for, bef- like, when you went to the movies. Basically, how he got started was he's like, look at... Uh, he went to theaters and he said, look, I'm an animator. Let me make pre-shows, pre-rolls okay. for your movies that came okay. out. So he did uh, Symphonics, which was, like, music and things like that. And then he did little mini cartoons. And then he was doing those a lot. You know, okay. he built his little mini studio. He was running this thing in a very small space. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, you know, he did. He made a good living because he was in every theater, you know, in the United States and yada yada. So he was making an okay living, and then he was seeing the shit that Charlie Chaplin was doing and Buster Keaton, and he was like, uh-huh. "Oh fuck, you know, well, I want to do something like that. I want to make an actual full full length film." Got it. Best part was these Snow White stories, you know, the the fables and all that stuff. They were they were public domain. He did whatever the hell he wanted with them. I mean, he kind of pulled away from the original source material enough. Yeah, and he just he just worked really hard on making the story what he wanted it to be. So this he wasn't their first in. animated. This was their no, big. No, this bet. is their first. This is their bet. big yeah. thing. Their big big bet. Which comes back to what we were talking about with AFI movies, right? They're always character driven, but it's always putting make the that, filmmakers are always putting themselves on the line. On the line, those. every movie that we've seen on the AFI list is that film was their bet, their big bet movie. Which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. That was Disney's big bet yeah. movie because Walt, like Disneyland, didn't come for another twenty five years. Yeah, you know when did Mickey Mouse? When was that? That he was, was already one of the shorts. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, so that was that, already that's all the shorts. That's yeah. all that. Okay, yeah. got it. That's all the Don, Donald Duck, that type of stuff. All that stuff was pretty. The tugboat Willie thing. Yeah, the because that was their first real like right. short animation with Steamboat Willie. Oh, that's right, thing. Steamboat. But I mean, he, you know, Disney. Disney's been a cartoonist for years. Yeah. Um, prior, and it's kind of funny because he's not really that good of an animator or a drawer. He just knows quality when yeah. he sees it, and he hires the right people to do the things that he needs. It's crazy the par- the Steve Jobs parallel. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. I mean, totally. Totally. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And any great director, any great you know entrepreneur, businessman. Now they, if you look at the qualities of those people, they tend to have the same type of qualities. You know, uh-huh. and they t- tend to have a good eye for other talented people. Right. I mean, right. one that I would bring up today is Judd Apatow. Yeah, where I mean, you know, he's a great director, but. I mean, a lot of his most recent movies what, that he's directed haven't done that great. But why he's so important to our industry right now is he's always had a really good eye for other types of talent. And he's right. always supported and produced a lot of very iconic or very creative people that are also happen to be very marketable totally. people. Um, right. But that don't necessarily – like Seth Rogen doesn't necessarily look like a leading man. But, but Judd Apatow's bad, like yeah. – your writing, your presence, your all this stuff is that. So let's put that shit on the line, put you in knocked up, and you know, let's and, see what happens. And just same thing with like uh, Jason Siegel. 
mm-hmm. um, with Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Lena yeah. Dunham, like all this. He's just been really good, and he's made his empire based on having a yeah. good eye for talent. Right. Well, it almost seems like it goes back to that very beginning conversation we had about the people that you kind of prune and trim, mm-hmm. and you find those, you know, like you, t- you know, you find those people, and then how all of a sudden exponentially, what comes from that is way more than with the other people. Yeah, totally. I mean? And so mm-hmm. that's so interesting. Yep. Yeah, and I mean that's I mean he's cultivated like Disney's cultivated so many careers over the years and so like the things that he has created before he died is just phenomenal. Cinema we have today is because of Disney. Yeah. yeah. As much as you care to admit it or not, you know. The commercialization and all that shit of what Disney's doing now, I mean that's probably you know that's just growth. But you that's get, still you know him because uh, Snow White was the first <clears throat> film to have merchandise available as it came out. Right. So like I any mean, model that we have for cinema today is because Disney created that. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous to me if you think about it. You know, he said, "You know what? I'm going to take all these storybook characters that I created and make a fucking park out of them and just sell the shit out of it." Yeah. You know? yeah. Or I'm going to license these things out. Well, to even you. the vault blah, blah, thing, blah. if you really think about, it, like, who would it's say, "No, we're not. We're going to take this and we're going to hide it for seven years." Right. You know what I mean? Well, he was waiting for the technology to catch up with yeah. having it be in home movies. Also, yeah. also with kind of like with VHS, you know, not there. They weren't. As prevalent in people's houses as DVDs are, but still that. I, but I mean that the vault thing was still going on up until somewhat recently. Oh you know? sure, but so, that was to create a reason to buy it. But that's what I'm saying. But that idea of like of the choice of saturation, you know what I mean? Like yeah. really, like let's just flood and get what we can versus no long haul hashtag long haul. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and you're gonna really, make way more money because yeah. I mean even think. I mean, they don't do it now, but even if they did, it still would be super successful because you have movies where I'll go to Best Buy and be like, yeah, that movie's in there, but I'm going to wait for it to be like 10 bucks before I buy it, as opposed to creating this sense of urgency where it's like, shit, it's out. I better get it because it's going to go away. And then maybe also the sense of, you can kind of see how maybe some studios or some people, (laughs) how they treat, I was, it's funny, I was reading an article about um, the aliens you know, that whole story as far as what's happening now. And you can kind of get a sense that some people really have a respect for what they've created Mm. and others, maybe not so much. And I'm not making a correlation between respect and aliens, but it's, but it's just movie aliens. Yeah. That, yeah. That whole like, Oh, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's let's make more. Let's make more. Let's do this. Let's no, no, no. Let's make a story who versus the Disney, like really sort of, loving the characters and respecting them and not sort of flooding everything to the point where everyone hates them. They're like, no, 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 no. That's not what we do with these guys. Yeah, you know I mean? right. We don't want people to hate Ariel. Right. You know, we don't want people to hate Snow White. Yeah. You know, so really being conscious of that. You know? And it's the same thing with what Kevin Feige is doing with Marvel, where it's like he making sure the filmmakers respect the 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 characters. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, no, these characters are iconic. You can't yeah. just shit on them or just make up your own interpretation. It's fine if you want to make up an interpretation for the world that they inhabit, but here's like like the five characteristics that you have to keep. Right. Because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, versus the core like essence of the character, yeah. if you will. Whereas, you know, you don't have that if you sell off the property like with Fantastic Four. They're like, here Josh Trank, do what the fuck ever. And right. that and it has a huge hmm. backlash. Yeah. Because I mean it was a huge financial he kept those bomb. characters under lock and key man lock yeah and, and you know what that was good, good on him, him. yeah, yeah he saw the potential i think and i think if you look at if you look at the the greats of our time uh you know walt disney being one of them steve jobs you know people like that they <laughs> they've kept a lot of their cards close and totally. they were and they saw the potential and they didn't let anybody around them say no 
You yeah. get what I'm saying? No, like, they were a bigger picture. They really were. A lot of people were focused on the minute details. Well, I mean, look or at the time. The next that. step, they're thinking yeah. five steps. Right. Ahead. I mean, like, look at the time that this movie was made. Right. Like, you could have had a whole slew of animators that were just like, you know what, man, this this shit may fucking suck, but I got a paycheck this week, so I'm just gonna do what he wants. You get what I'm saying? Right. And but he's he was able to cultivate a a culture. Yeah. in his workforce to be like, no, I'm actually creating something. You know, there's a really great documentary um, called Frank and Ollie, and what's really cool about this documentary is that is one is the top animators, the two top animators that actually became best friends. They lived with each other. They've been friends for like sixty something years, and they both worked for Disney. And they they animated Peter Pan. They animated. Uh, they did, they weren't there for Snow White just yet. They were in college at the time, which is kind of funny. But it went through this whole entire story and how they talked about the way Walt just kind of came in, and he had a very clear idea of what he wanted, but he was able to give them enough freedom to do what they needed to feel like they were part of the the creative process instead of just being fucking told what to do and I think that's a very interesting point to have you you let enough I don't want to say leash because you you never want to think about people you know on a leash per se but you give them enough just to be like this is what I'm looking for have at it yeah you know and and when you give people that type of freedom some really beautiful things begin to happen. Right. You know, you don't, I mean, we, we've all had shitty jobs before and the micromanaging happens and you become constricted and then you can't really flourish as a better employee and yada, yada, yada. These guys just really gave you what you needed. And yeah, they were tough. You know, they're putting in the hours, but you knew at the end of the day you were making something that was going to change the right. world or change an industry. Well, and I think they, the fact that Walt Disney and Steve Jobs, the two people that we're talking about, that idea of there was the faith that they had that he wasn't just he didn't want this parallax feature just because he had an ego and that's what he wanted no, yeah. he knew that it or we have to assume that he just felt that that was going to be the best way well you know you what's know? funny is like the the reason why he needed that parallax effect is because how do i create this cinematic expression right. the same way real cinema happens right fuck i don't know how to do that but if we're gonna put if we're gonna go with the big boys that are happening in the theaters at this time we need that type of visualization how do we get that you know yeah <laughs> and yeah lo and behold they, yeah. they they worked it out yeah you know i mean another great person that comes to mind that kind of co- runs on the coattails to me our modern day disney is most definitely john lassiter oh yeah you know with pixar i mean pixar is kind of doing some interesting things now down the line um and i'm kind of curious because the more they become more corporatized you know especially with like disney and things like We're that constantly now doing more sequels than before is <laughs> strictly all original all originals content. i mean the spirit of what that is is the quintessential spirit that Disney had in its initial intent. Yeah. Oh, you know, everybody totally. told I mean, fucking Pixar started. If you want to read a really great book, it's called Creativity. It's by Ed Catmull, one of the programmers mm-hmm. and vice presidents of Pixar. And and he goes through the history because he was there from the very beginning, building the systems and working with John Lasseter and all types of really, really cool stuff. But if you read that book, a lot of where they come from is exactly where Walt Disney started from in a different time, yeah. you know, and they worked their asses off and all they cared about were the story and the characters and how to create an experience for people. And when Toy Story came out, that's all they focused on was how can we create a humanistic experience in Disney the same type of way? How can I create an animation across the screen that you know is fake, but I'm suspending your disbelief enough to feel something across the way? Because there's a moment where you realize that I am watching a cartoon, but I do not feel it's right. a cartoon. Yeah, it, you know? you, yeah. There's moments where you're one. You, it feels like 
is this being shot with a camera on the set? <laughs> right. Just because of the way it moves and pans yeah. and, you know. Mm-hmm. Or like, is it, did they shoot it and then they drew over yeah. them? No, yeah. man, that is fluid. That is, that's how, that is the beauty of how great those artists were. I mean, there's amazing artists out there. Like right now, another guy was the dude from uh, Japan who does the Spirited Away and mm-hmm. those oh, types right, of, right. like, yeah. dude, that, that guy. And all those are 2D yeah. type of things, you know? Well, I think, man, I'm being so, you guys are inspiring me or even just this conversation that just sort of, sort of rediscovering and sort of saying, no, 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 this is the correct way. This idea of it's all about what your sort of intention is. Yeah. You know, um, if Steve Jobs wants it to be thinner just because he's got an ego and he wants it to be thinner, it's like, no, 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 it needs to be this way because of this reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the movie, no, 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 we need to do this because we're making a film. This, right. is, this isn't an hour and a half long cartoon that we're making a film, mm-hmm. you know, and so it has to look better because it has to further the story, you know, all of the great reasons why you, a great director Make will choices. do the thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when they say, no, we want, um, we need toys, we need the fabric to look real, be- not because I want it to look real because I want to I do it just to do it, mm-hmm. but we need to do it because it will actually help and tell the story better. Right. You know, because then people, it'll help suspend that disbelief a little a bit little by bit having more, it look yeah. more real, you exactly. know? And so that intention of why you want to do it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus yeah, just both. like, you know what I mean? And I love Star Wars and, you know, Lucasfilm and all that. And obviously I'm not in a place to like, you know, criticize. But sometimes you watch things and you're like, oh, they're just doing that just to do it. Right. Not yeah. because of it's absolutely critical that in that moment it, it's adding something. Right. You know, totally. And I think for me, the f- the best directors or the best creatives, whether they're directors, writers, whatever, they have a very firm grasp on the intention that they're going for. I mean, in all honesty, like he had an idea of the story, but I mean, fuck, dude, this this movie started Snow White started in 1934 when they started the talks. It didn't get released until almost two th- uh, until three years later, three, yeah. four years later. Right. And I think the interesting thing for me was that his um, his unstoppable ability to just try things out and not rush the process. And I feel like for myself as a creative, you know, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. Uh, I feel like I'm moving in a, a, a slower than I want to. You know, like I'm here, but I want to be here as a filmmaker. And you know, how do I get there? And how can I make that happen quicker than I'm happening now? But then again, at the same time, you don't want to rush certain things. And I feel like you know, kind of looking at this film, kind of inspired me a little bit. Just to be like, you know, man, you're just kind of where you're at, and just be with that and work your ass off to make sure that the story that you do get to tell, whenever that comes up, is the best story that you can have. I mean, fuck, dude, he went two years. Mm. through different renditions and ideas and concepts and you know different plot points and you know do we do we start on the mother do we start on this do we start on you know all these different choices that, and he exhausted every single one to come up with the with the process that he has right now and i think that is the quintessential ability of somebody great that's willing to just go through uh-huh. the process and not be afraid of what's to come at the very end right but kind of to your credit, um, along with what Steve Jobs and Walt Disney is doing when it comes to like the user experience, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's really word. what it yeah. comes down to is is they wanted to focus on, you know, the user experience yeah. or the uh, know your audience. Well, and that's the best. Yeah, that's the work. I mean, even the web design thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. It's all that in the end how it works. Right? Yeah, and you and I were talking this week where you were talking about how discouraged you were with writing this script, and yeah. the thing you were discouraged about was 
was getting across the feeling. Right. Like, that's what you were frustrated with. Oh, God. And, but that, hate it. <laughs> but that's because you want to convey, you want to give that experience to right. the audience. You yeah. don't, just don't want to, your, what you told me wasn't like, I'm frustrated because I can't figure out the right words or I can't right. figure out what this person would say to this person. Your worry was like the feeling. Right. You know, and that's so important because kind of going back with Charlie Chaplin, we did City Lights last week, which was a silent film. Dude, can 370 he... takes to get the right feeling. Yeah. Know, to he... get the right thing down. He didn't give a shit about the words because it was a silent film. Yeah. Um, But he wanted to get across that feeling. And yeah, right. the take, there's one scene where it's just a simple getting across to this blind woman that she thinks he's rich because of something. It took 342 takes so, yeah. to, for him to get the exact feeling he was going for. 342. That's ridiculous. And the beauty of that is kind of the same way that movies like this are happening. The way Pixar does their their creative process, the way Disney did their creative process, the way any really great creative even look kind of at does E.T. E.T. is all about the feeling, man. Right. That's why it holds up today right. as cinematic masterpiece. Is right. it's about the feeling, yeah. right? Yeah, and I feel uh, to be honest with you, like Snow White. I got great feelings out totally. of it. Totally. You know what I mean? And yeah. you realize that it is, yes, it's a cartoon, and yes, it, it was done in 1937, but at the end of the day, it was something that made you feel. And fuck, man, if there was anything that made you feel the most is that goddamn music. That music yeah. in every single scene yeah. swelled in at the right moment or pulled away at the right moment. So you didn't even have to say anything, and you felt the exact thing you really, honestly, truly needed to. It was right? beautiful. So the orchestra well, was I mean, so they won beautiful. an Academy Award for yeah. the music, which, yeah. I mean, bravo. They should have. <laughs> you know, bravo fucking O. Um, but I loved watching this and coming back to something that I haven't seen for years and just really appreciating the craft that went into this, yeah, you know, and I think when we watch movies these nowadays and the journey that we're kind of getting watching all these really great films over the years, um, you know, through the AFI top 100 is you get to see a myriad of different films from different time frames, But the one thing that is always true, like we keep talking about is the craftsmanship that goes into these things. And I feel like when we watch movies today, I don't know. I don't feel that sense of craftsmanship a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of the big At budget are more me, like a you know, factory. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. And then, you know, and I don't know if that's just me knowing too much now as a filmmaker myself or if it, that's something that's actually really kind of coming through. But at the end of the day, I'm really grateful to kind of go through this process because I learned a shit ton through just watching things like this. And well, fuck, I, man, we're making 1937. We're learning yeah. all so much. To, to, to the credit of filmmakers today is, you know, you do have a lot of independent films. Um, we'll be working on some. <laughs> um, independent films where you're, allow, you're allowed to take your time to create this. Um, if you're funding it yourself versus right. other people funding it where you have to get stuff done at a certain time. And you still do have like Steven Spielberg still does his passion projects like Lincoln and Bridge of Spies and stuff. Personally, I don't care for, but you can tell that's something that he does He's the big very, budget yeah. stuff in order to do these other things. Right. Um, but nowadays, bec the independent film world if you're wanting to kind of keep moving up it's not sustainable to stay in that right so you do see i need to see this movie i can't think of what her name is but there's a movie called diary of a teenage girl mm -hmm. um have you seen it i have it 
You have it? I have it. Ooh, we're going to watch it. Yeah. Um, but that is like a labor of love from that director. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like that's your... Because she wants to do bigger things, that's kind of like her calling card right. for bigger things. Right. And I think that's what you're seeing where it's really... If if the director loves the craft, truly loves the craft, they're always going to like Soddenberg. Yeah. Um, we'll always find little passion projects to do. That's why if you look at the budget of his films, right. they vary from the girlfriend I mean, experience. Fucking, you know, look at fucking Walking Dead. Like, you know, yeah. So there's just like this varied. So you can always go back to those passion sure. projects, and you're always gonna if you get to a certain level, you can find those investors. But you have to play the studio game nowadays, right? Well, question: Knowing what we know from like the movies that we've seen thus far. Do you feel like the the films that these directors have done after the ones we've seen have held up to this to this one to the one that we originally saw of theirs like Shawshank Redemption or Rocky or you know what I'm saying like the subsequent films that those directors and creators have done do they still hold that same spirit as those first ones? Uh, I would say the the example that pops in the top of my head that does is the director of The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Because that, I mean, that was a huge gamble on paper. I am shocked that Fox Greenlow is like $140, 150000000 million for this feature. And they actually stopped filming for like six months because the location didn't get the amount of snow that it was supposed to for that time of year. Uh-huh. So they had to wait it out mm-hmm. to then go back and do it. And that's super indie artistic type yeah, of yeah. feel. Same thing with Birdman with that same guy. But that budget was super small. Right. <laughs> and they had to yeah. film that super fast. So... I say it does happen, but it's more of the exception to the rule versus the norm. Right. And the other thing I would say is the difference is a lot of filmmakers nowadays aren't spending their own money on these. That's true. Because that's a, like Disney spends own money. Charlie Chaplin spent $1.5 million for his film that came out in 1931, yeah. who he right. spent three years to make that film. Frank wow. Darabont took a took a huge cut in Frank his, Darabont, you know. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester Stallone yeah, went, type of he thing. was offered a quarter of a million dollars for the script. He's like, no, I'll take 25000 right. and make it myself. So you're not... I feel like if the filmmakers did that, spent mm-hmm. their own money, we'd see a lot more of that. Sure. Whereas now they're spending other people's money. And you, you have to promise a return on investment. You have to promise this quarter it'll make this much back. This wow, quarter will yeah. make that. So I feel like if it's anything... It's all quantifiable and stuff. So, yeah. Right. And I feel like that's when you have the pressures. And that's why you're not... Yeah. If I mean, if Steven Spielberg wants to shell out, if he wants to put all of his money on the line, that movie's going to be ridiculously expensive. But like, <laughs> that's the big difference, I right. think, where they're not putting all of their money into this kind of hoping. I really hope people love this. Right. I don't know. I mean, I for me, I think I I loved this movie. I thought it, it was, was amazing. Yeah. It was a it was a really great blast from the past. <laughs> Um, and it made Disney. It literally yep. made it fucking literally, Disney what it is. Yeah. You know, isn't it crazy how many people know who the dwarves are? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, just many decades later, like uh-huh. the dwarves are just, if not more. And they never used I mean? to have names. In the in the original fairy tale, they didn't have names. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple of different ones that they did give them names, and there's renditions, and you know, yada yada yada. Yeah. And this story has been told so many fucking mm-hmm. times in different areas of the world and all types of stuff and i you know you know people talk about disney takes the original storylines of these fables you know these grimms grimms yeah fairy tales yeah yeah, yeah. it was a german folk tale um and which grimms fairy tales are super dark 
Dude, I love You think this is dark. Grimm's you should read tales. those Grimm's fairy tales. Are I got an idea for wanting to make one of these Grimm's fairy tales into uh, figuring out a way to make the fable into like a short film or something Let's like that. Let's do it. Uh, I'm sold. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to you guys off mic, but it's, it's a really interesting one. But anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot of different renditions of like Snow White. Like one of them's a Spaniard story, one of them's a German story, one of them, you know, they're Swedish and all types of different things. And I think they did a good job kind of compiling the best that they could and they kind of made it their own, you know? Yeah, and Disney is pretty famous for making archetype characters. Yeah, totally. I mean, unfortunately, there's the archetype of the stepmother being evil. Which is in, like, every Disney. In in every, but then, you know, that doesn't exactly carry over to... That kind of gives that whole real stepmother, step-parent thing not the best. I didn't... I learned this, that because he didn't have a mother, that's why none of the princesses have moms. Well, I was going to ask you that same question, because uh, Peter Pan, you know, like... You know the the whole mother issues, Cinderella, uh, Little Mermaid, Little yeah. Mermaid, Snow White. They all they, had this mother, Beauty and the Beast, well, you know? or or it was like because in Peter Pan the mom is sick, right? Uh, no. Is the mom around in Peter Pan? No, the Wendy had a mom. Wendy, Peter, would Peter Pan? Oh, got it, got it, yeah, got it. yeah. Peter, you know, Peter left home, right? And all the boys, all the lost boys. You know, they miss their moms. Right. So Wendy came in and they're like, I right. remember my mom. You're my mom. You know what I mean? You're but two years older I mean, than Jasmine, me. You're totally maternal. Um, yeah, Jasmine, Jasmine Pocahontas had a, mom. had a strong, you know what I mean? I don't know if it was ever referenced. Neither did Bambi. Why. Bambi loses his mom. Uh, Mulan, like a lot of them, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. I never really. That's interesting. Yeah, I never even never put that two and two together. Yeah, Just like Spielberg movies are heavily like parents divorced or going through a divorce. Interesting. I guess he didn't. I don't remember if she died or they divorced or something, but something there's a, there's something with him and his parents and his mom. So that's why th- there's always that threat. Mm-hmm. Even the rescuers, the rescuers, mm-hmm. and then the rescuers down under. I think the rescuers down under. He did have a mom, but the mom story fell into the the big eagle. That golden eagle was oh, like right. a mom, and she was trying to save her, you know, save her eggs or whatever. Interesting. Never really looked at it from that perspective, though. So yeah, let's let's do some overthinking before we go into the trivia. Oh, so, gay. I will say I think Snow White, when it comes to overthinking and applying it to the real world, is the least messed up of all of these. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Because all of who? All of these Disney movies. Oh okay. So, <laughs> so I have like minor issues as an adult with super with some of the themes in these movies and some of the things. So Snow White, it make I mean he thought that she was dead. So I guess it would make sense for the prince to be like giving her a little kiss, you know, just because like oh, I'm gonna miss you, whatever. How does I mean, she stay I don't know. the same chunkiness? She wasn't eating. <laughs> this is true. She that was, was he- my curiosity. I'm like, how is she not amazing? She was healthy. Well, she was healthy sized, right? Yeah, but it felt like that spell because of the antidote or whatever that was called. Probably. the way it was fixed. But it. that doesn't mean her mouth is gonna smell nice. It's yeah. been closed for yeah. A where, whole did, year. where did the glass? There was a glass case, right? And then right. it was gone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she must have smelled horrible. Dude. She's constantly working. Well, there were a lot of flowers, like, so I assume that that was to compensate you don't, you don't see her putting the petals in her armpits. <laughs> <and they're, laughs> the, the, the deer come up and I'm like, we're yeah. leave that for you. Yeah, exactly. Bitch. But now the kissing in Sleeping Beauty is gross because it's like she's asleep and he's like kissing her. Cause That's she's true love's kiss, well, bro. Because yeah, but the prince doesn't know that. The prince is coming over there being rapey. Like uh-huh. I, that. That's me. what I'm saying. Yeah, but if you love somebody beauty. that much, and that was your last well, goodbye, the, yeah. You know but Sleeping Beauty, the can... prince didn't know that she was dead. She he didn't think she was dead. He just went over there like, oh, she's sleeping. Time to make out with the stranger. 
basically. Or he just knew that he was way too good looking, and he was just like, she's going to like this. I wonder what that's my lipstick how, looks like on her. Let's that's see how college that. date rape <laughs> accusations happen. Seriously. The hunchback. I don't care if she was drunk. She wanted it. I'm adorable looking. What's shitty about the hunchback of Notre Dame is he got, he, hunchback, did way more for Esmeralda than any of these princes have done in yes. any of these movies, and she friend-zoned him, like, right away because right. of his deformity. Like, he seriously did so much. All this prince did in Snow White is kissed her, and she's like, my hero. It's like, fuck, what about all those dwarves that tried to fight off a yeah. witch? Yeah. Where but, were you, motherfucker? And she, there was nothing going on with any of them, which, right. thanks to Aaron, now I know why, because they a were way more them, I mean, enamored you know. with the prince. Right. <laughs> but, like, that's... Did you see how they looked when he showed up? They're all looking at that prince <laughs> like, like, oh. Oh, now that's wow. true. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> now I'm going to have to rewatch it. Now, yeah. Seriously, rewatch the scene when... And she's storytelling. I, I'm, yeah. Oh, I believe you because I remember now. And you it, ruined these guys for me. <laughs> I promise you. But like go the to hunchback was totally friend zoned. Yeah, he did everything, and instead right. the attractive guy gets Esmeralda. Yeah, that's right. not right. Uh, the well, little... the beast. No, there's the beast. The beast took. I mean, I think the beast was a good prince. Yeah. Now, no. What? No. What? No, the beast is not a good prince. He's one of them that have the worst problems with. First off, he's. Physically and verbally abusive. He, when he was mad, he beat the shit and destroyed some furniture, which, as we know, based on the film, those used to be people. Um, like, he just destroyed, because all the furniture were Prince people. does what he wants, sucker. But no, he is... Fi- this is... The Beauty and the Beast is one of the worst morals of the story to teach a little girl that, yes, be with this guy that's a fucking asshole yelling at you all the time, threatening you okay, to hide in a room. That. But, hey, stay with him because eventually he could be a nice guy. Okay. That's fucked up. No, no, no. I'm gonna Damn, give, dude. I'm going to give you, you that. Way into that's so that. fucked on up. On that one, on that one, you have... Okay. Okay, so we're good when you, when what you was guys watch these fucking Disney movies, man, like, I feel like... Yo, that's so messed up. And The Little Mermaid? Prince Eric was a superficial piece of shit no, no, because he's like... She's so beautiful, and she doesn't speak. Yeah. She's perfect. Oh, Jesus. I'm not disagreeing with you on that one. Like, honestly, Eric, you're going to get so annoyed with her because she's dumb. She's obsessed with people, but she doesn't know the word for feet. Come on, son. And yeah. how old is it going to get if she refers to everything in the castle as either a who's it or a what's it? He's like, just fucking use words, Ariel. Use words. I'm not. So that's okay. annoying. Okay. Okay, and then we He's got on a soapbox, bro. You can't yeah. stop him right now. No, I know I'm okay. feeling it. And Goofy and Pluto. Okay, that's wow. We're really, really that really is digging. that is fucking racism right there. One of them wears clothes and has a job, and the other one is naked on a leash. Like that's mm. that is messed up social class racist bullshit right there. Well, and one thing I want to know might be stretched is though. whatever happened to what happened to Huey, Dewey, and Louie's parents. What happened to him? Because he only stay with uncles, and the first one that gets custody is an active fucking, sailor. They turn into a I'm Chinese sorry. Christmas dinner, bro. I'm sorry, yeah. but the navy a navy boat is no place to raise children. Why did they go there first and then went to Uncle Scrooge? No, no. Why but, didn't they start with Uncle Scrooge? Well, Uncle Scrooge. You know, well, who knows if he's really the? I don't remember. If, is that Ben? Is that somewhere established? That I would hope he's, that he's actually an uncle instead of. Living with He's a single, no, 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 no. Be not, I mean, I know that, but like, is he like some second, second cousin, first removed kind of thing where everyone just calls him uncle? You know what I mean? I but, mean, I hope he's related. Well, yeah. I, that's always bothered me. Okay, 
I mean, and then there's the whole like you know Daffy Duck and all them with the shirt but no pants, and, but then yeah, they wear the towels. But yeah, they wear towels. They, yeah. yeah, and Daisy's a whore. Like she just comes in, <laughs> hangs around with with Donald, says she loves him, and then she flits off. She's not there half the time. Where'd she go? Well, those hey, kids need a mother. You know, maybe he. She's the. She's a floozy. I'm not gonna fight any. No, of this. see, I don't think. See, maybe. See, the thing is, you that's s- that's overthinking. No, no, no but you're sitting here versus saying, ma- specific problems no, no, no. like Low Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella, which no, we'll no, get no, to in a but second. You're just saying. You just said that Belle shouldn't stay with the Beast, correct? Because, da, 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 but yet, then to say what's um what's is it Daisy? What's the female Daffy Duck? Daisy. Daisy. So, yet Daisy has to stay because of the... Like, why can't... Why is she whore just because she wants to, like... No, I'm just saying she says that she loves... Maybe maybe that's a harsh word to say, but I just think she's a tease. Donald. Because she comes saying she loves Donald, and then she just bounces. Watch the cartoons. Half the time, she's nowhere to be seen. Well, maybe she's working. Maybe she's a strong, independent woman. But she's never around. Because she's working. Yeah, she's... All right. Well, I hope so. I hope to so, your, Daisy. To your example, the corner. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> hey, man, working's working. A hand job's still a job. But anyway, so... How do you think I make my movies? What do you think is on the back of my business card? <laughs> <laughs> Here is a Uber code, so... <laughs> and now this next one is is more of an observation than a problem because there are some people who are into it, and hey, I'm not judging. But the prince in Cinderella totally has a major foot fetish. Sure. Like, because if you think about it, he has this wonderful night with Cinderella. She leaves her shoe. That's the only thing he goes off of. So he goes to every woman in the kingdom slipping on. That's the only thing you remember about this woman. You don't remember her face. So a woman who's maybe a bigger size than Cinderella, buck teeth couple hairs on her head looks well, nothing looking like down her. her dress the whole time you know what i mean you probably really look in her face but you're telling me if that shoe fits her mean? because I'm telling you. yeah anybody you as in the collective <laughs> walt disney you. walt disney you're telling me if he goes to someone's house who looks totally nothing like her who's like 50 the years fits. older but the shoe fits because newsflash there's a lot of shoes that are the their feet that are the same size of shoes. You're telling me he's going to put that on her and be like, mm, could be. I think it's even are, more are interesting than me? how how many people try that shoe on and none of them fit. That's even more. Yeah, that's 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 weird. Statistically, that seems improbable. Um, but I'm like, literally, you have no idea what she looks like other ever, than her shoe size. Do you think he ever smelled the shoe? Probably. He licked it, bro. I think he did way more than smell or lick it because he has a foot fetish. Yeah, and that's never like, addressed in this. Oh, I don't think I can ever watch he, that. Again. Like, I think he, he did had something eggnog in it during Christmas time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's like Cinderella. No, why don't you wear those shoes? He's like, yeah. let's glass luge this I know. thing, bitches. Let's. Why don't you wear the? You know what? You don't even need to be here. Just give me the shoe. Yeah. Give me ten minutes. I'll clean so up. Really, so really, then we'll come back out. So was he looking for Cinderella or was he looking for the other shoe? I think he was into feet. Okay. And probably. He's like, these are really nice shoes. I need to find the other. Yeah. He's like, seriously, like, look at these things on me. I mean, they just so coincidentally happen to also fit me. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah glass shoes that somehow don't break. What the heck? Sweet. Yeah. And by the way, now, see, if you want to get into gripes, here's my Let's gripe. Let's do it. Okay. Because the carriage, the outfit, everything changed back except the shoe. The shoes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Why did the shoes stay? And everything else changed. Because the fairy godmother Did she knew have that the other that was going to be the thing. Because she knew I had a foot fetish. Yeah. So she's like, well, he's that a I don't furry. know. I don't, tech- I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know 
does the ever sh- does the other shoe ever Re- exist outside of the? I don't know. I don't know. But everything else changed. Yeah, the mouse, the footman, and all that, and the carriage, and all that changed except the one shoe. Well, let's ask this question: Did we really care? The, heck, plus one. Yeah, you know, like. I mean, I would. Well, no. What okay, did because, it used to no, be? No, because if we're going to get into gripes, here's what I – and I even wrote this down. I loved how the well – Echoed everybody it, but him? Well, no. Like, you know how when you're doing a dictation on, like, your phone or your Mac or whatever, and it, it – these things are insanely smart, so they kind of understand when you're done talking. But yet the well would somehow know and not know and pick up sentence. I don't know. It just felt like – I mean, if we're going to be technical, you know what I mean? Like, why, no, that's valid. Why did it – pick up her voice but not like the birds or there's the times where she's like saying this long sentence but it only repeats the last line you know and yeah and it never when he sang into it at the very end when because he it doesn't showed give up you that yummy good feeling inside if it was reverberating everything that bitch was singing <laughs> you know i'm just being wait what's the thing griping or oh overly critical yeah overthinking overthinking you guys are assholes is what it sounds like to me i'm just no. saying some of this stuff falls apart when you actually think about it well, no i came into this with like some really technical things because i wasn't sure what to be prepared for but then as we're talking yeah no especially when you appreciate the magnitude of what this was even when we were talking earlier th- there wasn't this wasn't like a photocopy like made, did it, like everything had to be each individual thing and the right. years of like no i have this vision i understand that it's several years away we're still going to do it. We're right. going to work every single day until it's done. The magnitude of that and the commitment, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a lot of these technical things just sort of like, uh, I'm just going to dissipate that. And even the idea of storytelling, you yeah. know what I mean? That this, I mean, a lot of modern day, even Hero's Journey, you know, a lot of that was discovered because everybody else for centuries had told stories mm-hmm. and certain ones just stuck better. Right. And through that, they've learned this is why mm-hmm. the hero's journey is why, even though back then they didn't know what it was, you know, right. they were just doing it. So yeah. When you look at like 1937, you know, like this is great. And they had no idea really what right. they were doing, you know, I do agree. So and they were just trying to make a decent movie that they thought like, I, you know, for a fact that like they were sitting in there like, that shit's just weird guys. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And, and Disney's just like, well, we can't redraft. Fucking keep moving. You know? And some of the effects were kind of cool going into the trivia. So at a recording session, Lucille Laverne, uh, who is the Wicked Queen, uh, she was told by the animators they needed an older, raspier version of the Queen for the Old Witch. So she stepped out of the recording booth, returned a few few minutes later, and came up with that voice. Cool. When they asked her how she came up with it, she said, oh, I just took out my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And they drew her like that. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. This is why Walt Disney is a baller. So some of the animators didn't like the name Dopey. They said it was uh, too modern of a word to use in the fairy tale. Oh, Jesus. Walt Disney made the argument that William Shakespeare used the word in one of his plays. So this actually convinced everyone, and they went along with it, although any reference to the term Dopey is yet to be found in any of Shakespeare's (laughs) words. Dude, that's fucking awesome, right? That's so great. Um, Good for you, Disney. You go, boy. He walked out of that room. He's like, got those motherfuckers. <laughs> he's like, no, exactly. Right, right, right. All the dwarves are modeled after real people. Um, and we already talked about how uh, Adriana Casalotti uh, had a very strict contract. She only had a tiny bit in The Wizard of Oz, but she she never had a real singing part in a movie again because they wanted to keep that you know special one time sound. 
um, although she was a classically trained singer. The highest grossing animated film of all time adjusted to inflation. Jeez. Um, held the title of highest grossing film ever for exactly one year, after which it was knocked out of the top spot by Gone with the Wind in 1939. Wow. <laughs> the, you'll, you'll recognize... You recognize that we also have another theme here, uh, Gary. Adolf Hitler's favorite film, along with King Kong and Sun Valley Serenade. Well, it's German, so of course he was like, Und yes, this is wonderful. The Special Academy Award granted to the picture consisted of one regular size award and seven smaller seven size Seven small awards. ones, given by, Char- given by uh, Shirley Temple. Really? Yeah, really? it was awarded by Shirley Temple. Disney Studios in Burbank was built with the profits from this film. Which is cool. This literally, this is the movie that made mm-hmm. that you know. Yeah. That that's all how that's they started the, the big Burbank fucking Disney studio. Yeah. It's because of this movie. Wow. Um, <laughs> was the first of many Walt Disney films to have its premiere engagement in New York City's Radio Music Hall. At the end of the film's initial engagement there, all the velvet seat upholstery had to be replaced. It seems that young children were so frightened by the sequence of Snow White lost in the forest that they wet their pants. Nice. And consequently, the seats at each and every showing of the film. Wow. The prince was originally a much more prominent character, but the difficulty found in animating him convincingly forced the animators to reduce his part significantly. Huh. And we have a list of scenes planned but never fully animated. The queen holds the prince in the dungeon and uses her magic to make skeletons dance for his amusement. Boom. A fantasy sequence accompanying Someday My Prince Will Come in which Snow White imagines herself dancing with her prince in the clouds beneath the sea of stars. Which is probably because they had a hard time animating him. It's probably why they did that last scene. Like, I was like, wait, so did they, is she dead? Did she just, like, ascend to heaven? Because that castle's in the sky. Yeah. It's probably why they did it that way, then. Dwarves building Snow White a bed with help from woodland creatures. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a strange thing to have been cut because it seems like a logical, th- you know what I mean? But whatever. Yeah, and they did. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, yeah, you I know, know, the compressing time probably. Yeah. You know, was it really that important to show that's that? Because right right with now, them, man. yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a couple different sequences, kind of like with the uh, woodland creatures doing mm-hmm. the dishes and the dwarves doing dances. So maybe they're like it kind of feels. They redundant. needed enough gags in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, hidden Mickey. He was, uh, this is no longer the deleted scenes or the non-animated scenes, uh, formed by three stones on the wall behind the queen as she strides down to the basement to perform her spell. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I love that Disney did that stuff. If you go to Disneyland, they got tons of hidden Mickeys all yeah. over the park. Like, just the history, you know, and the, the love that was, you know, in certain things all the time. 25 songs are written for the movie, but only eight were used. Shit. Wow. Roy Disney created the sound of the floor creaking with Dopey's slow footsteps by slowly bending an empty leather wallet back and forth. Oh, this is a loud-ass leather wallet. Convinced that it would fail, the Hollywood film industry labeled the film Walt Disney's Folly. Yeah, I heard that. The minute he probably made all of his money, he just drove by all of them, flipping them off. <laughs> Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I would. I mean, even looking Suck back my now. Folly. I mean, yeah. That's crazy. Dopey initially was to talk with the voice of Mel Blanc, but was made mute instead. The same happened with Gideon in Pinocchio. That would have been interesting to have huh. Mel Blanc play that voice. Yeah. Mel Blanc is the guy that did mm-hmm. all the Bugs Bunny, right? Bugs yeah. Bunny yeah. and all pretty much Looney Tunes is all yeah. Mel Blanc. It's funny because the same thing happened with Gideon in Pinocchio, though Blanc actually was the voice who did the vocal effects for that. Oh, interesting. So he kind of came back and someone yeah. else got screwed over instead. Good for him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 
let's see, the first full-length animated feature film to come out of the United States. The first ever was El Apostol in 1917 and Sin Dejar, I'm murdering this, in 1918. Um, but both consider, films were considered lost. The oldest full-length animated feature film that can still be seen today is The Adventures of Prince Ahmed in 1926, which clocks in at 65 minutes and was animated entirely in silhouette. Holy shit. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Crazy. One of the first films to have related merchandise available at the time of the premiere. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The film was also going to include all three of the Queen's assassination attempts. A poison comb, bodice, suffocation, and the poison apple. But eventually streamlined just the apple instead. And up until very late in production, just the bodice was cut with the comb remaining. Um, when the movie was played at... Oh, okay. Yeah. When I was like, is this a repeat? When the movie was played at Radio City Music Hall on its first release, the theater's managers had to replace the music played when Snow White runs into the forest because they were nervous of, that the kids were too scared upon hearing it. Yeah, because they're pissing on all the seats. Like, damn it. Jiminy Crickets is mentioned twice by the yeah. dwarves. Yeah. It's an old expression usually used to express surprise. Jiminy Cricket. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and here's the thing about Betty Boop. The original design for Snow White was done by the artist behind Betty Boop, giving her pouty red lips, long eyelashes, and a glimpse of her ankles, <laughs> causing her to look like a flapper, uh, more like a flapper than a demure princess. Mm, Walt Disney sexy. threw this out as he wanted Snow White to be wholesome, innocent, and clothed in peasant-style dress rather than being sexy. The original 12 by 10 uh, artwork was kept by one of the animators and held by his family until it was put up for auction in 2014 when it was expected to make 15,000 pounds but was sold for 2,793 pounds. Huh. Damn. Yeah. So that's disappointing for his family. Um, Diana Durbin auditioned for the voice of Snow White but was not chosen because Walt Disney felt her voice was too mature. She was 14 at the time. Mm. thought that was interesting. Um... Snow White and the Seven Doors became the first release in Disney's new Platinum Edition DVD series, hitting stores in October 5th, 2001. On its first day, more than one million copies were sold. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. At 20 bucks a pop? Yeah. Other names considered for the dwarves included Busy, Krabby, Daffy, Dumpy, poor guy, Flabby, (laughs) that's sad too, Fatty, Helpful, Lazy, Scrappy, Sniffy, Snoopy, Stubby, thrifty, and wheezy. Could you imagine the alternate of this movie? <laughs> What's up, Stubby? I know my. Head <laughs> Why do they call you Stubby? Shut up! Yeah, exactly. don't call me that. They're stumpy in the corner. <laughs> can we all just? Can we just talk about Dopey really quick? Get off me. <laughs> <laughs> this is also included in the one thousand one movies you must see before you die. Uh, list reasonable and at the end when snow white is leaving she kisses all the dwarves goodbye except for sleepy what a bitch oh you know what i i was curious about that i i mean i didn't care enough to sort of pause and watch it but because because then he did the three at the end well he did the first two i was like oh my god am i gonna have to sit here and watch him do this seven times but then he you know hey curious about the did you guys notice that she was wearing heels the whole time like even as she's running through, I'm just like, uh-huh. like Bryce Dallas Howard in Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Uh, are, are we good talking about like theme characters, all that good thing? I think man. we got some I good shit. So on a scale of one to ten, oh, what would you give it? Ooh, 
scale of one to ten, I'd give it a nine. Gary, uh, probably like an eight and a half. Really? Yeah, I mean, like I love it. I, I mean, it's a, it's a great film. There's a few inconsistencies with you mm-hmm. know story structure, yada yada yada. But I mean, it's tough to give it a. To be honest with you, it's really tough to give it a grade. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, I ain't fucking Disney. You know what I mean? I, w- I don't know how I would really have changed much else of it, but I think at the for the time and what it is technologically that type of stuff for me plot. I wanted a little bit more from certain characters. Some things yeah. need to be more meaty. Right. I was yeah. missing some of that. Yep. Yeah, I'd give it a nine. I mean, yeah. I think it's a masterpiece, but mm-hmm. I would for sure give it a nine because of a few things. And like I said, her voice, I just wasn't having it. Yeah. Kind of well, took me out of it a little bit. It's older. all relative. Yeah, it's all relative. All right, cool. But does it hold up? Oh, yeah. And totally. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally makes sense. With what it means yeah. yep. to the industry and what it meant to storytelling and filmmaking. I mean... You can't. It's kind. Of, that's kind of the thing about giving it a great or a, uh, rating. a greater rating because how do you judge the first one? Yeah, when yeah. everything that's yeah. after it is obviously better. You uh-huh. know what I mean? But like, it's like. I mean, I still. I don't have any of my iPhones. I'm looking at your older one here. I have my first one though. I still have it because uh-huh. I remember when I bought it, and <laughs> I will always have it. I don't. I don't have any of the other iPhones since. I, I sell them and get rid of them, and I don't have any attachment to them. But that for and of course now. If I had a first one, I mean, I've seen people in my car with like a 3GS, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, but I'm judging, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh man, how do you function with that? But then the first one, of course it sucks compared to now, but I mean, it's the first one, you know? Right. So yeah. it's got that place, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, but even change the world, even regardless, in, in my opinion for this, I still feel like, I mean, yeah, it was the first and yeah, other things that have come out have been better and you have CGI and you have Pixar and all this stuff. But man, like I think the animation holds up to today's standards. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they it was such a deliberate and later on, there's some in the forties and fifties that fall back a little bit on quality because financially they needed they couldn't afford the time that this took that they actually reused a lot of the cells or a lot of like the map yeah. paintings. Yeah, things yeah. like stuff, that. Right. Kinda like the one that reminds me I can't think of the first one it might be jungle book but also robin hood for the dancing in the forest right that that's that, that literally yeah. that has been used and stuff um cool. but regardless like just for not only what it was but what it is now i think the animation completely holds up totally. and it yeah. looks so crisp i didn't even see it in high def the version i saw was just Kind of like how it came out, and it still looks gorgeous. Yeah, uh-huh. and everything's so deliberate. So I definitely think it holds up. Totally. Um, and so let's let's go on to Gary. Yes. What's making you hard this week? Oh, M G. Oh, I can't wait to get to you. Um, <laughs> let's see. I just watched Swiss Army Man. What'd you think? I uh, I I loved it, man. I thought it was a very interesting, That's a consensus imaginative story. It's done by two directors that uh, they're <laughs> on the up to um, on the credits. You know the the opening credits or whatever just had a film by the Daniels, and it's Dan and Daniel, which is two directors like the Russo brothers, basically. <laughs> um, and what's really interesting, I mean, these guys came. They just did a handful of shorts. They've done like two 13 minute, one minute shorts or whatever. So they don't have a ton, a ton of work out there. I haven't seen any of their short films, but man, I swear, like the what they're what they're talking about in the story is really unique and the way that they're choosing to talk about that particular subject I feel is very whimsical um, and kind of poignant there are certain things that I wish they did a little bit differently um, 
and I don't want to give away too much, but it it's a very unique film. Um, and the fuck, dude, the cinematography is goddamn amazing. Um, Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe just killed it. So I'd recommend it. Really, really cool film. My wife and I saw it last night. We were just like, one of those movies you walk out and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> that was awesome. You yeah. Know? So I'd recommend it. Aaron, nice. what's um, making you hard this week? Um, Besides me. Oh, both of you guys. Like, hey Here in a garage and it's sweaty. No, um, so I finally saw the uh, new X, you know, the X, the, however, what, what's it called? Event series. Event series. Man, you know, and it's funny because there's certain shows like Married with Children or X, the original X-Files where you get to a certain point and you're like, oh, something's different. Yeah. The writing is di- like, the, yeah. there's a change. So like with X-Files, I only watch up until, I don't, I only watch up until like season six or seven or five or six. I, I, I mean, I've seen them all, but I don't pay attention to the last few because it's just different. With Robert Patrick. Yeah. And and the way they talk to each other and it's just, the vibe is totally different. Man, I, this just brings me back to the original first it's few so seasons. good. Where, and I love technical things. I love when Scully gets, you know, she's a doctor and they talk about really technical things and it's a science-based kind of show. So I love that. And it's just... They're dynamic, and it's just sort of like they've said, you know what? Screw the last few seasons. Let's just get back to our chemistry. (laughs) Exactly. And there's a little bit of mythology, but then there's the Monsters of the Week, but it still just goes back to the core of what it was, which is these two people solving crimes. Sometimes they are connected, sometimes they're not, you know? Oh, man, I loved it so much. It was so... I I just was blown away by it. I thought it was great. And my favorite episode of it reminded me of kind of the more quirky episodes, the Man Bites Monster one. Yeah, It's so fun yes. yeah. and it's just you can see that chris carter and those yeah. guys have really brought back the spirit of what that show right. at its core like what was iconic about it what was special about it i did feel the tiniest tinge of like oh god i'm old when you know the two the younger scully mm-hmm. and Mulder are there and um lauren ambrose yeah the, and uh amel something steven's brother but there's they're there and i'm like oh the kind of younger version of that. But I love the fact that Sculler, Sculler, Scully and Mulder held up. Like they oh, held their totally. own and you still needed them. They yeah. didn't need to be cast aside because the new ones had to come in. It's like, no, Scully and Mulder, it's still their show. It's still their yeah. thing. So that I, that made my heart happy. And then I was pissed the way it ended. I was like, <sighs> I thought it was going to be self-contained and now I have to wait. And it's not determined what's going to happen. Like, yeah. Yeah, because it definitely left like how they all do with some sort of cliffhanger. It was a big ass cliffhanger. Sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Noah? So, what's making me hard um, is the Marvel in their most recent like incarnation of their whole comics and everything. Uh, Carnage has his own series. What? And it's oh, awesome. so you you read com- the you read the comics also? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yes. How did I not know that? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Could you not tell by his tattoos? I don't know, man. <laughs> Spider-Man. And I'm getting Punisher on my arm in a couple weeks. Anyway, um, <laughs> so excited. Um, You're so sweet. Why are you getting Punisher? Well, we'll save that conversation. Yeah, we will. Day. We will. Uh, we'll have some. We'll have a special boner sode where I'll go over every I'm single curious, one of my tattoos yeah. and learn all the the reasons behind it. Um, but no, it's just it's consistently good. Sadly, I gave up on the new Punisher series because it's just. If this was your first entry into Punisher, I guess it would be all right. Mm-hmm. But it just, the most recent one just comes across a just generic kind of 
flat. Mm. Whereas the Carnage one's messed up. It's super dark. It's probably the darkest. Where's it at? Book. Is it on? You can buy it in stores. Oh. Um, the most recent, I think it's on issue eight. Gotcha. Now. Um, so it's not a miniseries. This is no. This it's like a, a monthly. I thought was, I thought it was gonna be limited because it's basically a manhunt where you have uh, Brock, Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. who's um, Toxin, I guess is now what he's called. He used to be Venom. Yeah. yeah. And then the Venom suit was handed to Flash Thompson uh-huh. um, when he came back from war without his legs. Mm-hmm. So they gave him the suit to work for the government, and that's uh-huh. kind of a cool um, Agent Venom. But now Eddie Brock's Toxin, um, which is so. For those of you out there, I'm sure this is going to bore some people, but fuck it. <laughs> so from Venom, a part of the symbiote was given to Cletus Cassidy, who turned into Carnage. Dang. And some of Carnage symbiote was when Eddie Brock no longer had Venom made Toxin. So okay. like that's how he has the symbiote. So anyway, they're all like a group are all hunting Carnage, who's escaped from prison. Mm-hmm. And it's just this manhunt that's just super interesting and it's just, it's a, I thought it was going to be a limited series. And when I heard it was ongoing, I'm like, how long can they stretch this out? But the mythology and the storytelling is just awesome. Nice. It's really compelling. And All it's, right. he's definitely, I mean, it's his book. He's definitely the most interesting character. And there's like, like so a who's cult. the protagonist? Is it Venom? I mean, a toxin? It's, is this a Spider-Man? Is Spider-Man in this? Or no, is he's it? not in it at all. Okay. It's like a military group that also has uh, Jameson, who's J. Jonah Jameson's son, uh-huh. who has like, he's called the Man-Wolf, who there's, when he was in space, there was a rock that mm-hmm. kind of got attached to him that he can turn into like a werewolf, basically, and can kind of control it. But it's like this ragtag group of also military people um, trying to hunt down... Uh, Carnage. Huh. So, like, they're the protagonist, but man, it's totally the antagonist story. That's cool. You know, and it's just, he's still brutal. There's a cult that believes he's the next coming of whatever that wants to, like, dissect him, basically, but he's, like, schooling them because he's like, come on, guys, amateur hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's so good. So I, recommend I highly, it for highly sure. recommend it. It's, All right. What's it called? Super again? dark. It's just Carnage. That's it. That's it. They're on issue eight now, but. They're all really good. Nice. All right. Well. So that's what's making me hard this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, we <laughs> now let's it. do plugs. Yeah. We did. Gary, you want to do plugs? Uh, well, I'm not really. I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of working on the for the in case stuff, people. Man, like, this is their first listen, uh, which would be ridiculous. But I know. whatever. So uh, I'm gonna go through it as if this is the first time. In August, we're gonna be at the Long Beach Film Festival screening. Time out. Sweet. Uh, we got a film festival in Miami in September, um, and we're going to be the Action on Film Festival in November. Where's that? Uh, it's all L.A. Oh, okay. Uh, Long Beach, L.A., Miami, and then we're waiting to hear back from a couple of other festivals right now. We just were nominated for the Miami Film Festival for, like, best web series or whatever over there. We'll see fucking what happens. I don't know. <laughs> but if you guys want to see the show, you can go to timeoutseries.com. Um, you guys can follow my shenanigans on Instagram at L Jonesy if you guys really want to. And Twitter is Hey Jonesy if you just want to see the bullshit that I post. Cool. Yeah. Anything you want to promote, Aaron? Um, well, the short timeout is really – it's so – it's the crazy co- – I don't remember if this was when we were taping or not. No. But um, I, I, I somehow coincidentally had seen that. and Well, not coincidentally because it's really good. And you know so, someone so from sweet. Playhouse. Wes. I probably I think I might know more than one, but yeah, Gabe Greer, I knew I know him and I saw it and we had this conversation and I ended up now I'm meeting the you know what I mean? It's just like the most amazing coincidence. So <laughs> thanks. Yeah, man. so watch that. that. It's really funny. Plus it's great to we all have to support each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't 
you can't expect people to come see your stuff and then yeah, never it's go all see about the greater else's. good yeah and then um any social media thing you want to promote or yeah i mean well i'm at dereconstructed d-e-r-e constructed at basically everything so you can just follow my shenanigans and then mm-hmm. um uh can i say something about my friend's podcast absolutely yeah, please. yeah so my my two buddies are working really hard on trying to get this great podcast they're both great guys and they uh you know they're just talking and it's uh the two dudes podcast so Definitely check them out. And then, yeah, because we all have to support each other, you know, yeah. because, man, the, the organicness of finding other people who make good stuff. Sure. You know, and not just sort of like, hey, good luck throwing your stuff out into the wind. <laughs> oh, by the way, go watch my stuff. Yeah. Right. Oh, and, oh, I, oh, oh, I hope you fail to watch my shit. Um, yeah. Dude, man, I gotta, you know, I work, I'm a waiter, you know, yeah. I gotta work and blah, you know, so anyways, we've gotta support each other. But yeah, sure. yeah. Accept my billions of Facebook invites to my thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna support your exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and then also my school, Playhouse West, which is the love. They are awesome, you know? I mean, good acting schools don't teach you how to be, you know what I mean? They teach you how to be kind of a human thing, and man, they changed my life. I mean, the the way that that's been traced down to where, because I knew Noah before I was sort of focused on acting, and then the conversations that we've had, and then I'm here, and I'm meeting the guy who made something that I had seen, you know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. like, the universe is crazy the way it sort of lines things up. Yeah, sure. You know, for you without you saying like, no, 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 come on, tell me the next step, tell me the next step, and you're right. just like, no, son, that's not. And the how beautiful it works. thing about that is you realize that the struggle is more romanticized and actually oh, even yeah. needs to be right. Yeah, I agree. You yeah. know, and then you're like, oh, yeah. there's something to be said about something that organically flows together, and mm-hmm. if something feels like you're really having to like work so hard, and maybe that's not the best course of action if right, everything right. feels so fucking vertically uphill you know <laughs> right. as opposed to something where you kind of fall into it and you're like oh this feels great this is what we need to do i'm not meaning to make this sound dirty but as i'm saying it, i'm like this is i'm getting a chub. super euphemism me too but, <laughs> I mean, but that's just from you know looking at your bare arms <laughs> Jesus, that's like 15 inches of beefiness <laughs> 21 anyway uh <laughs> so <laughs> so as for me um you can follow me on on twitter at the noah kinsey and instagram noah kinsey follow ufr podcast everything's ufr podcast uh, whether it's twitter or facebook or even the websites ufrpodcast.com please please go on itunes rate review that helps so much i it helps out podcasts so much for you to do that if you love it follow me on periscope because we have a pre-show before every show that's also at the noah kinsey um and then just you know reach out to us we love the interaction we've been getting some really great comments and different things so we're loving that and definitely want to incorporate that um in our show so your ideas could be in the show totally um your thoughts and whatnot you get full credit obviously because they're not gonna be like i thought of this and some listeners like son of a bitch you sons of motherfuckers (laughs) but anyway that's that's all we have for this week next week we did it next week's show is going to be about vertigo Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love Hitchcock, man. Yeah, Hitchcock be... is one of my all-time favorite, favorite, favorites. It should definitely be interesting, because that's his highest one, I think, or yeah. is closest to the top. I think it's that number nine. Birds and birds. Yep. It's so good. Pretty I'm excited. Good. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much, and thank you, Aaron, for being on the show. Guys, no, thank you guys for having me. This was me. fun, that man. Was this so is a fun. lot of fun. Welcome so back fun. anytime, man. For Tell sure. your friends about me. No, I, <laughs> no, I like I said, I'm still blown away by the whole 
connection thing. So it's all it's all cosmic. I know, right? All right, thank cool. you, universe, and thank you, listeners. See you uh, guys definitely. next week. Oh my god. <laughs>